Albuquerque's macro aggression, Eddie Aragon, the rock of talk. Friday afternoon, I'm Eddie Aragon, The Rock of Talk on AM 1600, KIVA, ABQ.FM, rockoftalk.com, 550-5500 here on this beautiful Friday afternoon. I thought we were going to get the cold weather. What happened? I tried to put on a jacket and I wanted to take it off because it was uh, too hot. Uh, don't forget, you can catch us on Roku TV, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, podcasting on Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, downloading for our apps at rockoftalk.tv and rockoftalk.com and listen to us on AM 1490 KRSN Los Alamos. 107.1 as well in Los Alamos and Santa Fe. So thanks, everybody, for uh, tuning in. We are on 1490 and KRSN in Santa Fe. Let me know if you don't hear us. Uh, I, we've got some weird uh, glitchy things that are going on, and I'm not really sure what to say up there other than I've got uh, some avid listeners who are dedicated uh, to our programming each and every day and who fill me in on all everything that's happening. Uh, don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, I'm running for mayor of Albuquerque, the Burke right here. And the 505, go to our website, fight4505.com. That's fightfor505.com. Excited about, uh, I guess, our performance last night. And I do mean ours. That's you and me and trying to change uh, what's happening here in the city of Albuquerque. How do we do that? Well, I guess we perform like we did yesterday. So if you're happy and you want to go ahead and uh, let people know it, well, don't clap your hands. Call the number, the five line, 550-5500, and you can also text as well. Love to... uh, rap about uh what happened last night it didn't actually technically didn't happen last night but i'll be happy to talk with you about all that nonetheless criticisms congratulations uh any sort of uh insight that you can provide you guys have been doing it all day because i'm available all day i've got more than 900 text messages that's how incredibly happy you guys are about uh what happened last night on KOAT. And then uh, we're going to be sending everybody, <clears throat> we're going to be sending everybody directly uh, to our YouTube site where we have all of our commercials. And, um, oh, by the way, I am in an ethics uh, complaint uh, and both of my competitors, well, <clears throat> until I hear differently, both of my competitors are welcome uh, by request and they can submit it. I think we've received one request. So you might hear another mayoral candidate on here. I don't know. We're waiting to hear from a lot of lawyers who will tell us how this goes down. And, and uh, uh, they are equal to equal time here on our radio station. And I just wanted to go ahead and uh, let them know as our competitors uh, here on this radio station, uh, they can go ahead and submit that by request as we have stated since the very beginning of this, uh, of since we have uh, qualified. Okay. All right, so now that we got all this out of the way, our website officially is fightfor505.com. I want to tell you uh, very quickly about how it all works at Fight for 505. You get a list of all the commercials. You have a list of every uh, debate that's all going to be there. Everything will be there uh, this evening, so you can literally just pull off all the stuff that you need. Uh, I can tell you right now I'm absolutely inundated, so if I'm not getting back to you, on uh, on anything, <laughs> uh, meaning text, uh, you know, just call to contact our campaign office. We are out of signs, uh, completely and totally out of signs. Uh, we are out, I think, pretty close of men's T-shirts, of which there was a lot of them. We're out. I think we're out of men's hats. Uh, there might be a few more left. You want to definitely um, uh, try and pick those up on Monday and Tuesday because after that, that's fresh out. Early voting starts tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. So you want to go ahead and get involved in. And what's happening, 
uh, go to early voting and we're going to have a list of the places. So I'm going to go slow uh, on the list of sites uh, where you can go just a little bit. So I'll give you some time to get your pen and paper so that way you can go ahead and uh, take down where you can start voting tomorrow. Tomorrow, I believe, at 9 a.m. Okay, so let's get to a list of Republican candidates that are running, okay? These are registered Republicans, and there's been some endorsements that have been handed out, and I'm very excited to uh, see that uh, our Republicans who have been endorsed, there are four of the city, excuse me, four candidates, I believe, that have been endorsed by the Albuquerque Journal. Uh, Some people suggest that that is a kiss of death. I think it's just nice to get an endorsement no matter what. Uh, So here they are. Here are your endorsed candidates. We want you to show up tomorrow. Don't forget, I'm at the very top of the ballot. So you can uh, start voting uh, tomorrow at the locations that I will tell you uh, in just a few minutes. In um, City Council District, I believe number five, Dan Lewis endorsed by the Albuquerque Journal. Albuquerque Journal. He got a nice little uh, feature. I've still yet to be uh, over on KKOB, other than when I'm performing on the debates, like I believe tonight is when they're going to play the debate. So Dan Lewis got the Albuquerque endorsement. Uh, I do encourage each and every person to vote for Dan Lewis. He's also the former mayoral candidate back in 2017, went head-to-head mano-a-mano with one Tim Keller. And I did a lot to try and help him get elected uh, back in that cycle in 2017. Had a a good opportunity a few weeks back to uh, meet City Council District 7 candidate Lori Robertson. She got endorsed as well uh, today by the Albuquerque Journal. Congratulations to Lori Robertson for getting the Albuquerque Journal endorsement. That's very exciting. So uh, please go ahead and uh, go ahead. If you happen to be in that particular district, please vote for her. And I would love to see uh, many Republicans out there supporting her. And this could change a lot of things. We have two who are already sitting. Uh, and if we were to get three, that would make five, which would be a Republican majority. With our third and final candidate, didn't get the Albuquerque, in- uh, Albuquerque Journal endorsement, but see uh, so somebody that you should definitely uh, vote for. And her name is Renee Grout. Now you can see all of their pictures, as well as everything you need to, you know, connect to, I guess, voting, which we're going to put all there on the website at vote505.com. That's vote505.com. So very exciting. Dan Lewis, Lori Robertson in District 7, Dan Lewis in District 5, and Renee Grout, Renee Grout in District Number 9. All right, so let's move on to our school board districts. Remember, the early voting starts again tomorrow. We'll give you some more of that. Uh, Ali Eniga. Alienaga School Board uh, District. I don't have the districts with me. Uh, not sure. I think Ali may have got it. I'm not sure. Ali, text in. Let me know if you got the endorsement. Would love to know uh, whether or not uh, you got the endorsement on that. But nonetheless, please vote for Ali Eniga. Uh, I think she's might be District Four. I don't remember. Uh, Art Carrasco. Art Carrasco for School Board. If you happen to have him on the ballot, please vote for Art Carrasco. And finally, Courtney Jackson. Uh, you can also vote for Courtney Jackson. She herself is a registered Republican, and uh, those are the candidates, along with uh, myself, Eddie Aragon, running for mayor for the city of Albuquerque. So if you enjoyed all that, you go to vote for uh, vote505.com. That's vote505.com. 
and uh, you've got everything that you need right there so you can go ahead and uh, jump on board all right quick caller go ahead very very quickly go ahead caller is uh, am I on the radio? You're on the radio, yes, of course. That's why I said you're okay. in here. Go ahead. Sorry, man. Um, so I I watched it a bit yesterday. I okay. You did a, a pretty good job. I was just um the only criticism I have is uh I, I don't think we'll ever agree on like your stance on like the the back versus not getting back. Okay. Um, but trying not to be quite as aggressive with not getting back because I think that turns a lot of people off. I think okay. what I know too. All right. Um but yeah, otherwise really good really good job yesterday. Well you can't make everybody happy. I think uh healthcare is a personal choice. I don't believe in mandates and neither doubt now does the city of Albuquerque and Bernalillo County as well. You know, my body, my choice, that doesn't just apply to a left, it applies to you. Um if you feel like you need to get back, that's entirely up to you. It's nobody else's business but yours and uh you know, people can go ahead and do mask enforcement in this inside their own small businesses or in their institutions. That's something that they can do, but it's not something that uh, I will be enforcing unless it's something that people want. Uh, we do believe in individual liberties, and I'll continue to kind of go on that front. And I don't believe that I'm uh, infringing upon anybody else by not wanting to put something that I have no idea what it is, what's in it, and I can't sue the company uh, for any of side of effects that's actually going into my body. So, you know, that's where I uh, fall on the line, but. Uh, just like I've said before to, to many people, it's, I think healthcare is an individual choice, and I'm glad to see that the city now and the county now are both on it. And as well, we also changed uh, Manny Gonzalez's stance on it because he knows that he's got to try and get whatever votes that uh, he can scram for or scrounge for uh, at this point. So I appreciate you calling in. What's your name, sir? Uh, Nate. Nate. Appreciate the phone call. 550-5500. Okay. Let me go. Uh, let's see. Okay. <clears throat> vote505.com that's vote for fi- vote505.com and that's where you want to send everybody you also want to go uh, tell everybody to go to uh, fightfor505.com which you know you can uh, see everything including all of our commercials as well we're going to take a quick break we're going to move through this uh, pretty rapidly because we're just going to send you a bunch of information uh, so that you guys know what to do going forward you see our commercials are on Fox News and uh, they're running uh, around the clock so very excited about that you can see all five of our commercials uh, on Fox News. So back after a quick break uh, right here in the Kiva, AM 1600 KIVABQ.FM, com. Back in four minutes. I'm Nancy Giblin, owner of Sugar Hollow, a boutique residential assisted living community in the historic Albuquerque Country Club neighborhood dedicated to exceptional care for your loved one. Sugar Hollow provides daily wellness activities that engage the mind, body, and spirit. Join us for Happy Hour Fridays, Sugar Hollow style, featuring local musicians playing tunes your loved ones will recognize and enjoy. Visit Sugar Hollow by calling 270-0801. Boutique style assisted living, 270-0801. Hey, it's Eddie Aragon. The staff at ABQ Guns stands for your Second Amendment rights, but they believe other freedoms are under attack by the governor's orders. Small businesses are bearing the weight of those health orders, and ABQ Guns believes she owns our state's economic collapse. ABQ Guns urges you to shop local for firearms, ammo, and accessories. Stop by the shop in Riverside Plaza, on Coors, north of Montano, or visit shop.abqguns.com. ABQ Guns, defenders of your freedom. In our increasingly busy world, it is always nice to take a little time to sit down and relax. At Monty's Cigar Shop, we offer everything to help you do just that. There's nothing better than spending time smoking a great premium cigar with family and friends. 
Monty specializes in artisanal, hand-rolled cigars that make up just 2% of the worldwide cigar market. With over 2,000 different kinds of the absolute best cigars for you to choose from, you are guaranteed to find the perfect fit. Whether you've been smoking cigars for years or you're just starting now, we'll find the right cigar for you. Stop by and see us at 3636 San Mateo in Albuquerque or give us a call at 505-881-7999. That's 505-881-7999. Amazing Grace Personal Care Services is companion care at a reasonable rate, including mobile assistance, meal preparation, household services, cognitive assistance, and support services, and more. 505-796-4900. That's 505-796-4900. Want the honesty, affordability, and reliability of a household plumber without the crack? Call Rogers Plumbing and Heating, family-owned and operated since 1973, for all your plumbing needs. Reaching Albuquerque, Baylor, Moriarty, Santa Fe, New Laguna, Pueblo, and anywhere in between. Rogers Plumbing and Heating is not only fast and reliable service, being family-owned and operated since 1973 means they always put their customers first and hold each of their employees to the highest moral, professional, and ethical standards. So when you need a fix without the crack, call Rogers Plumbing and Heating at 243-9703. 2020 has impacted so many things, one of which is how we live in our home, how we work from home, do school from home, even how we have meals, social connecting, and enjoying entertainment in our home. This is Tracy Venturi of Venturi Realty Group of Keller Williams Realty. Every year, 10% of homeowners sell their home. For 2021, it's estimated that the number will be even higher. For many, the plan to move in the past year was derailed or postponed, and many more have recognized the need for a different home for how they live now. You may not be ready to sell your home yet, but at some point, you're curious about how much your home is worth. Don't trust an automated online estimate to know the value of what is most likely your most important asset, especially in today's fast-moving market. Call us, the number one Keller Williams real estate group in New Mexico, your neighborhood expert. And when you do decide to sell, don't leave money on the table. You can choose the number one real estate team that will get you premium marketing and maximum value. Call today, 448-8888, or visit us online at welcomehomeabq.com. This is Eddie Aragon, The Rock of Talk. Glad to be here with you to help your business. And right now, businesses are in desperate need of cash flow. Many businesses aren't going to make it through this crisis without a solution. Michael Trujillo has that solution. Host of Your Money Matters, 1130 a.m. on Saturday. Michael, how can you help these businesses get cash flow today? Well, Eddie, all they have to do is pick up the phone, give us a call, and we can help them with that cash flow because we have many different federal programs that businesses can qualify for. But more importantly, we we also have over 100 lenders on hand ready to go ahead and provide these loans to businesses so that they can continue when we are open again for business. Let's help your small business today, folks. If you own a car dealership, commercial real estate, you have a restaurant, how about a funeral home, software development firms, engineering firm, plumbing and heating, you name it, Michael can help you. 856-1171, or you can email him directly, michael at michaeltrujillo.com. That's michael at michaeltrujillo.com. Hi, this is Mark Minicucci with the Minicucci Insurance Agency. We are privately held and locally owned. We market property and casualty insurance products and risk management services primarily to a variety of companies located within New Mexico and the surrounding states. We are able to meet the needs of a large international company as well as small local businesses. We focus on construction, onshore energy, defense contractors, healthcare, professional liability, and a variety of other industries. Call us today at 883-3683, Hi, I'm Ben Lucero, president and owner of Indigo Mortgage and proud to be a locally owned and operated mortgage company right here in New Mexico. 
Being local carries many positives for consumers, such as being able to meet face-to-face, you will receive quick response times, and all loans are processed here locally. And you will always talk with the same people from application to funding. All of our employees live here, and all profits from loan origination stay right here in New Mexico. Indigo Mortgage believes in supporting our local economy, and if at all possible, we use local vendors for supplies and technical support. I personally hire and vet all loan officers, and I assure you that your loans will be dealt with both ethically and with knowledge. Indigo Mortgage can offer the best rates and terms available on the market, so contact us today on the net at indigomortgage.net or by calling 836-5700. That's 836-5700. Indigo Mortgage, because nobody cares more about your mortgage loan. NMLS, when at 8348. Maker there by Led Zeppelin, 550-5500. We've got uh, D-Dot Muska, speaking of uh, all that technical problems here on a Friday afternoon. It's been a busy day for me, and uh, hopefully you guys were all ready to go here for the next two weeks, four days, and uh, time to uh, turn the clock and make some things happen. D-Dot Muska had the opportunity to uh, take in the uh, debate, I guess, uh, not real time, which was kind of cool. Well, nobody really did, did they? I mean, because nobody was watching in real time. When it was real time, it had already been recorded. Uh, D. Dowd Muska here, our number one. Glad to have you in here. How are you doing, Dowd? Uh, I am well. Sorry about the technical glitch, Mr. Aragon. No worries. Um, okay. I, uh, it would have to happen, would it not? Mm. It would have to happen on this, the 15th of October, 2021. That would be oh. the 29th anniversary of my uh, service Oh. The war against collectivism on wow. uh, October fifteenth, nineteen ninety-two, was the first day of on the job for me, and today is my twenty-ninth anniversary. Oh, that's good to know. We're going to mark that down in the Kiva calendar that we're newly established. We're going to have a Kiva calendar uh, for twenty twenty-one. By the way, we're going to put our holidays that we like on that calendar. Five fifty fifty five hundred. Call you in the Kiva. Go ahead. Hi there. Uh... I got a, a mailing. My name's Amy. I got a mailing from a Rebecca Dow that she's going to run for governor. Do you okay. know anything about her? Uh, well, we do, but I don't want to comment, uh, and I don't think Dow does either. Uh, oh, I want to comment. <laughs> I actually don't want any to comment, and we're not going to right now at this point. But uh, we have written about her. Yes, we have talked about her, but I don't want to sidetrack and go down a rabbit hole at this point. She's raised the most uh, from the Republicans. Uh, so I think she's raised about $400,000. She is in, was she in her third term, I believe, out of TRC, yep. I think, uh, as a House uh, District uh, representative. I think she's like the mother of three. And I would encourage you to go visit her website rather than ask us. Go see her website. And then, uh, you know, we'll talk about the gubernatorial race when it's time to gubernatorial race it. 
How about Poke that? Poke it up sounds good. And right. you have uh, have my vote and oh. my husband, and I think I've convinced most of my relatives. Oh, here in love town, you. So. Thank you. Thanks uh, so you're much. Welcome. What God a bless. sweetheart. God bless you. All right, good stuff. Yeah, <clears throat> I'm trying not to get on this gubernatorial. Like, you know, all the other places are doing everything that they possibly can not to talk about last night's debate. They're doing everything they can not to talk about the, you know, mayoral race because they want to talk about anything that would prevent Eddie Aragon from being said on any other radio station, any other television station, any other newspaper. We're front page of the Albuquerque News. I noticed that Jessica Dyer wrote a headline only including uh, Tim Keller's name and Manny Gonzalez's name in the headline. And you can't do that if it's side by side, three across. And, you know, you had somebody else, I think, who uh, figured prominently in that particular debate. So good on the editorial staff to change uh, Jessica Dyer's um title initial title on uh, all of that all right so let's get into the places where you can vote we're going to provide some informations uh informations yes informations uh we're going to provide some information here we go um this is voter information all of this will be posted directly at vote505.com so you can go but i'm going to read it nonetheless because there are people who won't go to the website yes Believe it or not, there are people who actually won't go to the website. So vote505.com. Here are a list. You had absentee from the 5th until the 15th. So you had to get it in the mail tonight. Tonight, the Ides of October. Behold, the Ides of October are amongst us. Now, early voting is October 16th through the 30th, which is going to end on that Saturday. Okay. <clears throat> is this will be familiar to people in the neighborhood of which neighborhood I'm talking about. Okay. So I'm, if I'm saying something that's unfamiliar to you, just wait to hear your voting place because these voting locations have changed. Uh, I don't offer this as a public services service. I offer this as I need you to know where you need to vote. Okay. That's close proximity to you. There are people who will also help you if you need to get to a place of a place where you need to vote. I believe all poll watchers are taken, but I would still try to volunteer to become a poll watcher uh, or to process uh, at this point. You needed to register uh, pretty early on in the month of September to be considered. Okay, so Andalusia Shopping Center, that is at 5600 Coors Boulevard, Suite C58720. You are going from the 16th through the 30th. That's tomorrow until the 30th. Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. That's 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. Polls open tomorrow, 10 a.m. Andalusia Shopping Center. 5600 Coors Boulevard. Bernalillo County Visitor Center. 6080 Asleta Boulevard Southwest. 87105. That starts tomorrow and Saturday the 30th, and it starts tomorrow at 10 a.m., Monday through Saturday. No voting on Sundays. No voting on Sundays. You can't vote on Sundays. Let me repeat. You cannot vote on Sundays. One more time. No voting on Sundays, okay? 16th through the 30th, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m., Bernalillo County Visitor Center, 6080 Sleda Boulevard. Caracol Plaza. Way up there on Montgomery near Tramway, 12,000. 500 Montgomery, Northeast, Suite 101. That's Caracol Plaza for voting starting tomorrow, 10 a.m., from the 16th through the 30th of October. 
10 a.m. to 7 p.m. Monday through Saturday. No voting on Sundays. Suite 101. Okay? 12,500 Montgomery. Central Mercado. Right there by the fairgrounds. 301 San Pedro Drive. Suites B, C, and D, and E. Okay, very busy. 10 a.m. through 7 p.m. Same thing. Starting tomorrow, going all the way to the 30th. No voting on Sunday. No voting on Sunday. Cottonwood West. 10131 Coors Boulevard, Suite C2. 10131 Coors Boulevard, Suite C2, 87114. Again, 16th through the 30th, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m., no Sundays there. Daskalos Center, 5339 Manal Boulevard. Been there for a long time. Everyone knows that that's uh, one of the main places to vote. 5339 Manal Boulevard, 87110. 87110. Starting tomorrow through the 30th, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. Daskalos Center, 5339 Manal Boulevard. Desiderio Community Center. 117 Tribal Road, this particular location not open Saturdays, just Monday through Friday. 117 Tribal Road, 7036 Tohajali, 87026. That is open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. All right, Four Hill Shopping Center, another very popular place to vote. 13140 Central Avenue, Suite 1420, same place as always. And uh, that is beginning tomorrow, 10 a.m. all the way through 7 p.m. October 30th. Okay, there you go. There's your, there's your, uh, there's your first places. All right, here we go. Holly Shopping Center, 6600 Holly. That is Suite B6. We've been voting there a while. Monday through Saturday, same times, 10 a.m. through 7 p.m. No voting on Sundays. Holly Plaza Shopping Center, 6800 Holly Avenue. Los Altos Plaza. 4200 Wyoming, Suite B3, 87111. That's Los Altos Plaza. Again, same time, 16th through the 30th, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m., Monday through Saturday. Los Ranchos Villa, over at 6601 4th Street Northwest, Suite U. That's Suite U, 87107. Uh, starting tomorrow, all the way through the 30th, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. That is Los Ranchos Villa. All right, a mobile voting unit will be located at the state fairgrounds, okay? The uh, time for that on the state fairgrounds is going to be tomorrow starting at 9 a.m., okay? Not open Saturdays, just Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. for the mobile voting unit. A few more left, folks. Not that many polling places to go ahead and vote at. I mean, we're we're nearly through this whole entire thing, uh, Dowd, and... Isn't it kind of interesting? There's what you know a smattering, and we'll give everyone the the final uh, numbers on on all this. Okay, the Petroglyph Plaza, 8201 Golf Course Road, Northwest. There we are, Petroglyph Plaza, Suite D1, same times, 10 to 7 p.m. Monday through Saturday. No Sunday voting. October 16th through the October 30th. South Valley Multipurpose Senior Center. That is at 2008. Larazolo Road, Southwest, 87105, 87105. And that is Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m., 16th through the 30th. <clears throat> the shop's at 60, uh, excuse me, the shop's at 6001 San Mateo, uh, Suite B3, 6001 San Mateo, Suite B3. 
starting tomorrow, 10 a.m., going all the way through the 30th, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. Tijeras City Hall, 12th Camino Municipal at uh, Tijeras, New Mexico, 87059. Tijeras Elections all there. Begins Saturday, October 16th, tomorrow, through the 30th, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. Three more left, Tijeras City Hall. Again, uh, that is located at 12 Camino uh, Municipal, Tijeras, New Mexico. University of New Mexico sub has a voting station, okay? And that is in a building, the sub building, the sub main main entry. You'd have to park in the front parking lot. Begins Saturday, October 16th through Saturday, October 30th, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m., Monday through Saturday. And finally, 5201 Ure, Suite D2, is the West Bluff Center. The West Bluff Center right off the freeway there begins Saturday, tomorrow, October 16th through October 30th, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. All in all, we're looking at 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 18 different places to vote. Voting starts everywhere that I've just mentioned tomorrow at 10 a.m. So there you go. 550-5500 if you want a reaction, you want to share your reaction, share your thoughts. From last night's debates, we'll first uh, go to Didad Muska on his uh, thoughts on and observations, and he is apolitical in all of this. I am indeed. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm just a little distracted. I've, I've just been told by a, a college student in Colorado that I'm going to die from coronavirus. Uh, this is what happens when you get involved in Twitter wars with, that you never should get in, involved with, and oh, I, I regret the few minutes of my life I've, I've spent responding to this I'll, I'll i'm trying to figure out does he tell me when i'm gonna die let's see no i will, will be not. dead uh i will be one of the statistics among the 4.9 million people who have died of covid um and i need to oh he wants to nominate me for the herman cain award because i guess herman cain said covid wasn't much of anything and then he died from it i'm not really playing planning to die from coronavirus but anyway uh yeah the debate uh, eddie very weird to have you guys separated like that it was an odd format it didn't seem real to me anyway i mean you you're used to seeing three men at a lectern at lecterns or or sitting down this you know in different locations was was very odd um i thought the reference to you as a radio host was extremely insulting because you're actually a radio station owner who happens to be a host um it was it was a way of trying to diminish you uh i thought doug was very very uh very, very rude there. And, and frankly, there are a lot of radio hosts who are meth heads who live in their mother's basement. But uh, I, I, it was a, it was an attempt to diminish your status. You are an entrepreneur who also happens to have his radio show on his the radio station he owns. That was insulting. Bob Clark was very nasty. Uh, you have little experience in public policy. And Eddie, I thought you were going to knock us out of the park. And I just... I hate to say it. I, I think you could have. Oh, God, I think you could have put this in the cheap seats if you had just said, well, if lots of experience in government uh, is what's needed in this community, I think look at these two other men with their loads of experience and tell me how wonderful that works. Uh, that, I think I think. Oh, God. But we always think about our 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 better comebacks long after long after it's over. Yeah, uh, I don't know that. I don't know that that would have been a way. So, you know, one of the things that's I think is really important. Uh, for people who are not familiar with me, I think it's important for me not to come off as, you know, snarky or off-putting or shutting people down. I, you know, yeah. it's, really, it's really attacking the record. You know, I don't want to attack people. So <clears throat> let me just, if you don't mind me parsing through this uh, with you, uh, you know, I have to be very conscientious because I will also be a government employee. 
and we'll be employing 6,900 people. So uh, we don't want to fault people who work for the government or want to put their best foot forward for the government. I mean, I would have essentially been have insulted, would have been insulting down, you know, 6,900 people who get their income and build their families off of uh, their service uh, to the city of Albuquerque. So just in, in all, in all, with all due respect to the people that we'll be representing, I want them to feel good about their jobs. And, you know, they've been put down long enough, uh, certainly Tim Keller and Manny Gonzalez. I'm actually hearing now from uh, Sheriff Manny Gonzalez's employees uh, throughout the years. And I've already went out at length to talk about, um, you know, uh, Mayor Tim Keller's uh, employees and just how uninspired they are by that. So, you know, let's just be careful about who they are, because if I'm going to be joining their ranks, uh, I'm not going in there. I, I want to be absolutely clear. I'm not going in there to clean house. You know, you're not going to see that. Oh, we, we're just going to start moving people out of the way. You're not worth it. You're not worth it. What are you stupid? You couldn't get the job done. Come on. Like, that's what you've been getting from Democrats. That's how they treat people. The reason why I left the Democrat Party is they are like that. They, they attack, they kill, they have no value for human life. Uh, when it comes to people's respect for for other people, uh, it, they just don't. I mean, it's about an agenda. We have a job to do, but we had a community to live in. And we got real people there living, breathing human beings who love their city and want to do a good job. So, you know, I hear what you're saying. Absolutely. For sure. Uh, doubt uh, in that. But I think what we have to do is sort of elevate the playing field uh, that uh, that we're on, because these guys, I, I, I tell you the back and forth between them and the attacks on each other for as long as they, like I'm talking about the job that you didn't do or the crimes that you've committed while you've been in office. You know, that's, that's what we need to keep the focus on. And if we didn't have to focus on that, then maybe we, maybe we wouldn't be talking about me in this particular race. You know, you got into this race because you knew you can do a better cleaner than the other guy. And you know that you care a lot more than they do. These guys are obviously big politicians. It's funny for, um, you know, either one of them to refer to me as a politician because I'm not. Uh, and then I think there's a guy uh, who's a friend of your old boss, uh, Gurgis Scott, who keeps trying to diminutize my candidacy by suggesting <laughs> that I'm a political operative. Uh, you know, he is also part of the House Eth or the Ethics Board down in the city of Albuquerque. So I look forward to educating not only the Ethics Board, our city of Albuquerque on FCC compliance rules, uh, given our new renewal that we've had. I, I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, really not filing any ethics against either one of these guys, but really focused on, you know, making our city, focusing on city crime, COVID, um, also very important commerce. <laughs> Hello, business. And then uh, finally corruption. I just want to keep those five points uh, front and center because that's, what's really going to change the city around. If I'm just sitting here attacking and, and, and saying, you know, they can't do it. That's not going to, that's not going to work well. So we've provided a platform direction and uh, I think, you know, bones, you know, doubt so oftentimes that we, you know, put things out there and we, we are putting things out there that actual people, that people out there can actually explain away and tell other people about it. It's not good. You've heard the storytellers uh, throughout history. How does a story get tell, told and repeat? And what's the secret of, you know, any sort of marketing is, is you being able to communicate something that somebody else can communicate without playing telephone, meaning that they're not going to lose the meaning intrinsically of what you're trying to communicate. So. There you go. There's a lot of sort of a long explanation there about how to take care of the, you know, and elevate the government. Because we want everybody inside the city of Albuquerque to be focused, not just winning the campaign with the five points and the five C's, but for everybody else uh, inside the government to be able to, you know, pronounce those uh, within city government as well. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I, I just, I'm sorry, I'm just having flashbacks when you mentioned Georgia Scott, Mr. Uh, 
Facebook means that we're going to become the uh, industrial, the, uh, the data center uh, industry cluster of the country. I remember his, his great insight on that. I think, Scott, that little uh, corporate welfare toad also represented um, Build Your Dreams, the company that ripped off Albuquerque for the, for the electric buses. So I would trust his. I believe so. I might. I could be wrong. I'll have to go back and check. For me. I'd, I'd like yeah, to know yeah. If yeah. that is the case, then obviously that's something that uh, yeah. we, we will definitely address. I wouldn't worry about his political analysis or, or any kind of analysis. Well, I mean, maybe there's a third way, Eddie. Maybe uh, instead of citing the two other candidates, you could have gotten into your broader perspective when you talk about leadership, which is, yeah. you know, at the state level, at the municipal level, at the county yeah. level, for New Mexico for 80 years, we've had a lot of people with a lot of public policy experience, and they've used their public policy experience to enrich themselves at the expense of the people of New Mexico. Good point. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, maybe maybe like more that. philosophical uh, approach uh, would have been good. I thought uh, yeah, telling Man- you know what that is a good point, Dowd. You know, sort of re-educating uh, people on what public service is about. Yeah. Why we're yeah. why we're in this and where we're at and why we didn't get what we got from these guys. In the case of Mayor Keller, last four years. In the case of uh, Sheriff Manny Gonzalez, last ten. What didn't we get, and why didn't we get it? Uh, I think that. Yeah, I think point well taken. I like that. Well, and and Clark saying, you know, little experience in public policy. I mean, your educational background. Uh, you're, you, have, you have plenty of political experience. You're on the air talking about important issues three hours a day with someone who's a public policy expert and has been for 29 years as of uh, today. Congratulations. So it was, Happy birthday. It was very petty on his part. I thought that was nasty. Yeah. I thought you were very bold in telling Manny he should be in jail. Boy, you really you really well, got so the dagger out then. Can I uh, qualify that? Yeah, yeah. So uh, the, the uh, second degree felony that was uh, committed by Manny Gonzalez is, A, his knowledge of what had happened uh, during that time, him admitting that he was aware of that, that that had indeed been the case. And then whenever you're trying to bilk or take more than, I think it's $2,500 or $5,000. If you're trying to take more than that amount, then it goes from a fourth degree, something minor, just a signature, because the overall thing is to corral the number of signatures with the $5 commitments, which would allow um, Manuel Gonzalez III to go ahead and uh, sort of lasso $665,000 and change. Uh, for his campaign. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's where I'm talking about that. But, you know, there's no prosecutorial uh, sort of advancement uh, in the uh, uh, ethics. I think it's also important to note for everybody. And, and this is an education. I'm sorry that our city is going through this. I'm sorry that our grownups can't act more grown up. I mean, I'm the most grown up out of the three of us. There's no question about it. That's that's there. Okay? Sure. I have fun. I sing. It's entertaining. We tell jokes. We make snarky remarks and all that kind of stuff. But, I mean, it's serious. There is a good, good chance that I could be your next mayor of the city of Albuquerque. You might have to get comfortable with that very quickly. I can tell you my demeanor is going to change just a little bit, realizing, you know, (laughs) heavy is the burden uh, uh, of the crown that we must uh, carry if uh, we decide to go ahead and lead this city out. So, I mean, it's going to be serious. There's going to be people who are going to want real action, they're going to want real solutions, and they're going to want real accountability. They don't care if you're playing politician. They don't care. These are people, and I've been contacted by some very heavy hitters. Like, do you really think you can get in there and do something? I'm like, well, why else do you think I'm running, bro? I mean, what, do you think I'm getting into this because I just want to beat these guys? I know I can beat these guys. I just beat these guys four times in a debate. That's not impressive. The impressive part, well, <laughs> do you want to do the job? How are you going to improve the city? Because we live in a crappy city right now. 
who is the result of that? Like, that's the job. The, the job isn't, oh, we won the debates. Great. I'm so glad I beat him. Well, so what's this mayor stuff all about anyhow? Like, no, that is, that's sort of what Tim Keller did. I won. What's next for me? You know, he breaks out a Superman cape and he's like, oh, I'm going to go save this and write articles there and do that. Like, you know what? Being the mayor kind of sucks because you're accountable and responsible for everything. And we're going to have to make some hard decisions and do the right thing. So I want to be mayor because I know that I can improve it. These guys have both led the city and look what, look what's happened. Why not put some new shoes on this uh, cowboy and uh, let's get out there and, uh, you know, dust off uh, the old covers off of every single department, 26 of them. We're going to reduce it to 23, save some money, rededicate it to the uh, Albuquerque Police Department. You know, get people worked up, excited about living in Albuquerque again, attract people from area cities uh, and make sure that we recruit a Fortune 500 company in the next four years. Reduce crime by, I mean, reduce homicides by 50 percent, reduce homelessness by 75 percent. And then, hey, you know what? I guess then it'll be time to, you know, have a beer or drink some wine and celebrate with our families. But right now, uh, it doesn't feel like that. There's a lot of work to begin. Like, there's so much work. So much work. So. Anyway, Bob Clark uh, or Gurgis Scott or any of these guys, you know, I, I took one more day. I know everyone is wanting to hear me, but I'm giving them these guys one more day in the benefit of the doubt because uh, I guess one of the other hosts is suggesting that I need to get out of the race. Like, dude, you don't even know anything about it. You don't hold an FCC license. You're, you're talking out of your you-know-what, and it, it, it's, it stinks to high heaven. You're telling people misinformation. Don't tell people ugly things unless they're true. And by the way, we've got lots of viewers out there who are listening to every single thing that you're saying and also recording everything you're saying. You're doing it to us. We do it to you. We'll tell you exactly what we know the law. I've got a full-time attorney who's had to, she's had to do every single thing for us. You know, that's, that's, oh, I don't even know. I haven't seen the first bill, but I'm uh, supposed to have gotten it today. And we look at all these, these, these things that, that come in and, you know, this is a professional who is laser focused on making sure that, uh, hey, we're in compliance. We're CYAing ourselves, but also making sure that, you know, we know what the rights uh, under the laws uh, actually are. So that's an important thing. Any more down? Yeah, no, it's, it's sad, Eddie. But, you know, if you're going to start a, a, a taxpayer organization, you're going to run for office in 2021. First thing you got to do is hire a lawyer. The, the days of Mr. Smith goes to Washington are over. It's, yeah. It is a litigious world now. Um, okay, uh, back to where were we? Uh, I thought you scored some really good points with Manny's. Manny consistently, he, I don't know if it's intentionally or unintentionally, but he tries to have it both ways on a lot of issues. Uh, you nailed him real good on uh, not having a solid answer on whether he wants the cameras on or off. I noticed later on in the debate, uh, he talks constantly about, you know, people in crisis and all the wraparound services he's going to provide to all the people in crisis, because God forbid you say the word homeless. Uh, I would say vagrant personally, but, you know, we can't say that anymore. Um, so he's going on and on ab about the list of all the services he's going to provide to all the, the poor homeless people. And then he says, but, um, you know, we can't be providing all these services and become the homeless capital of the world after he just explained about all the services he's going to provide. I mean, Manny is all over the map. I mean, there's just nothing coherent. Uh, out of him. Keller resorted to the same. He's give him credit. He's sticking with the playbook. Uh, he, he's not changing things up. Nothing is my fault. Everything that is bad is happening in Albuquerque is because of national trends. And I'm a terrific secretary of public health. That, I mean, that's basically been his message since, since day one. Uh, the, the preposterous statement that he's made, quote, tough decisions, close quote, that, quote, kept us safe, close quote, from coronavirus. I mean, these policies have been dictated out of the governor's office. I don't know what he's done that has kept one person safe from from coronavirus. He also has to he, he has a problem that a lot of politicians, Republicans and Democrats have. Um, uh, I remember there was a 
maybe Montana senator, Republican, where he talked about my farmers, my farmers. Uh, they're not your farmers, Senator. Uh, Keller says, I'm graduating. This is exact words. I'm graduating another 60 recruits uh, from the police academy to add to the ranks. Just me, me, me. I made this investment. I'm graduating cops. I think that that does not resonate well with, with certain people. Um, again, back to this theme of if you look around all of the West, we're doing better than anyone. Uh, he's not citing where that date is coming from. I'm, well, I've so, already yeah, started so digging me, into that. Yeah, let me stop. Let me stop you there because I'm glad that you went there. And I think that's probably the most important thing that you know people are just sort of poo-pooing. They're not even thinking about that very much now, to be quite honest. No one's talking about the growth here. No one's talking about the lack of you know, opportunity. People have just sort of set that aside and everything's about crime. The amount of times you hear your sirens, and you know, that does not a city make. So you have to have a tax base. You have to have commerce. You have to have, you know, people who are living, breathing, doing business uh, here uh, for him to his. And this is creative space. Let's let's acknowledge something before I say what I'm going to say. Let's acknowledge that the debate sphere. It's it's a canvas. You're going to see stuff go back and forth. It's a chance, if you're prepared, uh, to respond in a dynamic way on your feet without reading Manny. <laughs> Please stop reading. Like, I, I want him to think on his feet, and he doesn't do it. Uh, and I feel bad. But Tim has is, is been so steeped and stewed in this stuff for so long. The level of resonance when he delivers something is almost zero. It sounds great. He's very much a sophist. I mean, this, the level of sophistry is like pegged at 10, 24-7. His setups, when he's starting to talk, have you noticed his, like, his setups? His setups are very good. You know, you know that he has stood in a, many a boardroom listening to people, and his idea is to sort of separate the idea that you just brought in. Well, let's, you know, let's break that down for a moment. And, and then we're building to that in this really slow crescendo and... <laughs> You know, he's always talking about how, well, we can't just throw meanings or throw words out there. And so it's his way of being condescending without oh, yeah, it seeming exactly. condescending. So, yep. you know, he he can literally put together 60 to 90 seconds quite nicely without saying a thing. Exactly. exactly. And so you are as I'm sitting here looking and I'm writing notes because I am I'm writing notes and. And the way that I write notes, just uh, and it wouldn't matter if I told you how I do it. It's uh, I'm not giving any way treats trade secrets. It's to jog my memory. I just look for hot buttons and words. And there was one thing I caught him on last night that I thought was pretty um, insensitive. And I think the other guys across the way on the big stick are talking about it because oh, Eddie's anti-vax, but he's also anti-cannabis. And then he called out examples of corruption of the people who are involved in the cannabinoid business uh, here. In, I don't know in the state of New Mexico. And so there they are, they're battling, they're swinging the bat. And the way that he put it culturally, as if both of them agreed in the legalization of marijuana. So is Eddie looking, sorry for talking about myself in the third person, am I looking for what's popular? No, I'm not. I'm talking about culture. I'm talking about the things that have made us great throughout the times, the things that we built our civil, like our state on, our city. <laughs> sorry, I don't want to go too you know, highbrow with that, but he when he threw out that word and I wrote that thing down, I'm like, boy, that was just like tossing up a, you know, 75 mile an hour hanging fastball and just cranking that thing straight out because he's tone deaf. What he reads and what he hears and the people who are advancing his agenda from the left, he's totally insensitive to whether or not there's actually another side to to this 
on the cannabis issue, and I know where you're at, Dowd, and it doesn't matter to me, but I know where I'm at. I know the principle. We can talk about, you know, how uh, the impact mentally on people. Uh, we can talk about, you know, the voyage, if you will, from the time that you start pot to what else you become. Afterwards, you start there and you get some mess and heroin and other things like when we're sending out that signal in the most drug addicted population in the country, he doesn't care. And what drives a high level of crime? Addiction, addiction. So, you know, for me, that rang true with a lot of people. That was just real, real easy. And you can't be a law and order candidate uh, or you can't be somebody and then very at the very same time turn around and say, hey, legalize it. It's possession. You have to punish it. And when I mentioned Schedule 1, which I didn't address last night because there was no reason, because people are having a hard time understanding the background checks that go. You're a certified good guy. If you've gone through a background check, the 2365 background check, and you say, okay, well, I just filled out that form. And there's a question seven down there at the bottom. You know, I think, look it up on the 2365, if you would, uh, Dowd, uh, the background check. I think that's the number. That, that's it. Question seven. And read it. Read it to me verbatim. because. It's not a, <clears throat> we're going to blow through the top of the hour because I got a lot of stuff to talk about. <clears throat> and I'm slightly hoarse today for some reason. I've been nonstop uh, since since the very top. By the way, uh, bottom of the half hour, let me read a, a couple of your texts. I've given you all the voting places. I've told you to go vote505.com. You have until tonight, the last pickup downtown 401 Broadway uh, for your mail. I think the last pickup there for your mail is like 8.30 or 9. That's the last last time you can send in your absentee ballot. So don't send any absentee ballots uh, after that. Um, <clears throat> what is the, what's the form say, Dad? Do you happen to have it yet? Uh, did you say 2367? Uh, it's a back, it's a background check. I, I forget the number sometimes. Yeah. The, no, but I, I, on the cannabis, Eddie, I, I, I don't recall any attention really or very little attention paid to marijuana in the previous debates. And I, I will commend the station for bringing that up. And I have my notes right in front of me. Okay. Uh, marijuana question was good. Um, I think Eddie carved 44, out. 73, sorry about that. Go ahead. Uh, I think Eddie carved out a unique place, place for himself. And I did a three point candidate, candidate, candidate. All in progressive Tim Trump, wishy washy, the sheriff, and Eddie. Not just no, but hell no. So I think he, he, he carved out an alcove for himself on this issue of uniqueness. And, I, and Eddie, I've always said that I, you know, we disagree on this, but I don't think you are coming from it. I think you're, you're, you're genuine in your opposition to it. It's not, you're, not, you're not coming at it out of, out of a place of ignorance or whatever. I think you, you care about your state. Uh, I just happen to be a libertarian. I'm against the drug war in its entirety. But um, I think there's potentially a lot of parents out there who yes. – like your message on that a hell of a lot more than Mr. Wishy-Washy and Mr. All-In. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. And I knew that. So what's happened and the point that I made with Tim is just he's listening too much to agenda and think tank stuff and all the crap that's being pitched to him all the time. And a lot of politicians do that instead of reading the things that they're supposed to. Okay, so here it is. It's a 4473. Thank you, everybody, for doing that. And I got to say, I'm just a little bit tired. So, okay, so here it is. It's E. Under Section 21, are you an unlawful user addicted to marijuana or any depressant, stimulant, narcotic drug, or any other controlled substance? Okay. Warning, the use or possession of marijuana remains unlawful under federal law, regardless of whether it has been legalized or decriminalized for medicinal uh, or recreational purchases, uh, purposes in the state where you reside. So that's Schedule 1. That's a very important thing to discuss, and it's a way of sort of uh, – 
separating the wheat from the chaff, if you will, on who and who can't uh, own a firearm. Since we have such a quote-unquote gun problem, what do we hear from the no, uh, news all the time? Got to do something about the guns on the street. The guns on the street. The gun, I mean, come on. What, what the gun's going to go a pair of legs and uh, arms and aim it at self at you? No, of course it isn't. But that's, you know, what we continue to demonize, right? This is why you have mothers demand action. <laughs> that's what they what they continue to uh, advocate for. So, okay. So, anyway, you have anything else on that? I think you did. Uh, no, the only, the, I guess the only final point, Eddie, I think yeah. you, I think you, if you have time in the next couple of weeks, I do think this populism issue exposing the left, I mean, Keller is just one example of this, but uh, I think the phrase you use, you know, hanging out with the richest guys in town, you call them, I, you know, using the rhetoric and the weapons of the left against the left. I mean, this is a guy who comes from a party where, Corporate power is awful, and we're all at the mercy of evil corporations. And he is supporting, through funding Netflix and NBC, he's funding movie moguls, big tech, Hollywood, and then, of course, Tim Trump is funding the developers. Uh, Tim, you're a progressive. Aren't these supposed to be bad guys in your world? And they're your best friends. So I think you hit him good on that, but I think you can even do more. Yeah, I, that's, it's possible. Um, I, you know, I, I don't disagree with that. It's, it's hard for me. I didn't actually watch it until... I didn't get to watch it with the rest of you. I was out um, meeting with a uh, wonderful family and a number of people who were in attendance to go ahead and raise some money. And we do need that. So if you want to go ahead and go to Fight for 505 and donate money, we bought as many commercials as we possibly can, bought as many billboards as we can. And we placed 150,000 phone calls, uh, excuse me, 150,000 text messages. Uh, We are now over 80,000 phone calls. And, uh, you know, we can do so much. But if we can be on the uh, local air, we're trying to raise that right now. Uh, so we can do it. If so, I think we've proven that we're a pretty safe investment. We've got a message. We've got values. Uh, we've got branding. We've got what what we need. And if you want to put us on air, you can certainly do that. So they're going to try and keep us uh, as they can off of the air uh, if they can, because the prices for each of these uh, commercials, if I were to share them with you, they're absolutely obscene. Uh, it's more One commercial is more money than Dowd uh, makes in a month, actually two months. For one wow. commercial in the middle of a Sunday night NFL game. I'm not kidding. It's, this is just, you know, the price for Paul. There's a reason why the rich get richer, the corrupt stay corrupt. And, you know, I don't have any problem with Netflix per se or any company. You know, I, I, I don't. It's a matter of why would a business need to be subsidized if it's a business? I think a business stops being a business at the point of subsidization. How much are you going to, and for anybody, right? If you need, I can understand getting a loan, but, uh, you know, some sort of redemptive, you know, 25 cents on the dollar in terms of what people are paying in, or, you know, you help them acquire real estate literally uh, for pennies on a dollar, or you give them a 30, you know, 30 year bond break. uh, So they have no property taxes. Like, you know, things, these are things that are beyond the pale and wouldn't be advanced for regular middle-class, normal people. They wouldn't get these types of benefits. People are worried about making ends meet, paying property taxes, playing, uh, paying income taxes, uh, making sure that you know they're on top of everything. And it's a difficult thing you know, uh, for them. Big corporations don't have that problem because they're treated like kings. They're worshiped and glorified at every opportunity because look at all the jobs that they're bringing. And I'll tell you sort of where this came uh, from for me, the Genesis, and I think it's important to note that you know there's a lot of people who are probably listening tonight here, and you know we don't fault you for what you're doing, but I've never taken money for casino commercials. Not one casino would ever advertise on my station, okay? Because it's a vice tax. 
Okay. I, I, I call it personally, I call it a stupid tax. People who gamble, unless you know, and my, my dad's very good at, at doing that. And, and it's not risky for him. And he just does it as a form of entertainment because he grew up around it, but uh, and he makes money doing it. So that's the other thing that does that. But I think taking advantage of a very poor population through advice tax on entities that are ostensibly other countries, these casinos literally exist on areas that have much different laws than we have within our city limits. So Isleta, Sandia, et cetera. And there's been so many, you know, celebrations that are taking place at these area casinos, including for the city of Albuquerque. You know, I'd love to go in and audit the number of times that the city of Albuquerque has decided to pay the uh, Sandia Casino or the Sleta or Laguna or any of these pueblos around the area and say, well, how come we couldn't have had that party? How come we couldn't have had that shindig at the local convention center? How come we couldn't have done it downtown in Civic Plaza? You know, these are things that you could have done on your dime, right? On your own dime in your own place and there wouldn't be have been an issue but so many times we see state and city resources that are committed to you know these local casinos and i think that syntax vice tax you know stupid tax that uh, goes in when you got in there you don't well all the money that you walk in there you not walk out of there and so i have been an absolute advocate against cannabis since day one everybody knows that I've been a complete and total, uh, totally against casinos in the sense that I would never take a dollar from them because I don't want that. It doesn't line up with the views that we have here on this radio station, and that that's important uh, to note. I mean, is there anything else that that's out there? I would say, and you know, I probably have that same value. I think ten years ago, doubt probably when you first met me. I don't know, four, five, six, seven years ago. I've been saying yeah, the, the something. Yeah. So. There you go. All right. Uh, sorry for the level of seri- seriousness in, in today's program. So we're not going to have as much fun as we normally do because we're now down to the nitty gritty. And this is us just fighting, having a good time uh, because we know that we are now over the target. Uh, I, we continue to say that our uh, competitors are uh, have access to, to equal time. They know the process that they have to go to request it, which, hey, now they're in touch with their attorneys. And that's the way you have to do it. And Manny, uh, one thing I will say, Jeffrey Candelaria did not charge Sheriff Manny Gonzalez when he came into the studio uh, back in July. It was actually his first guest. So um, that's, quali- that's qualified. Qual- we know the date of Jeff's first thing. So you can't say that you didn't have access or that somebody didn't invite you. And I told uh, uh, Sheriff Manny before I even got into the um, uh, game or the race here for mayor that just give me a call. He never called me. And, uh, you know, the other thing that he didn't do, and I've done two good things. Told him to call me. I could help you. The second thing was what? Because okay, I wanted to help him as long as he was going to register as a Republican. That's what I cared about. You remember, Dad, when I told you? Gave him, you gave him campaign I gave him, advertisement I gave him, advice. I gave him fair warning. I said, if you want help, this is what I will do. I will help you only if. And he's, oh, I'm a lifelong Democrat. Then he goes on KOB Channel 4 and he says the exact, exact same thing. And now... The second thing is I went to his defense. I said, hey, Tim, stop attacking him. So I figured it's like if somebody did something for me, regardless of how it made me feel or perceive or whatever, I would go and thank that person, right, for the good thing. Isn't that the right thing to do? Like there's a way of treating people, right? So, you know, I would have expected Manny to have walked over to me and said, hey, thanks for, you know, jumping on my side and realizing that this is over. Well, I gave him one week, didn't pick up the phone and call me. Didn't thank me on stage. Didn't do anything. So when he didn't thank me, I figured, well, it wasn't worth. So now, now you don't want to thank me. You don't. You don't appreciate the the gesture. Well, you. 
Well, we've seen many a Godfather movie. You know what happens right after that, huh? I have, I have lost much respect for you on this day. Well, Eddie, I'm, I'm, after watching the debate, yeah. I caught the end of it last night. I went through it all again this morning. Yeah. Uh, I, I might be going in an opposite direction. I mean, it, it takes so much to engender any feelings of compassion in this dead Irish-American heart of mine. I get he's, it. He's so outmatched. And he couldn't even read what his, you know, in, in a coherent way, what his handlers wrote for him. That's uh, and, and I'm, I'm, I am not a for children and animals. I have boundless compassion for adults. It's just an area where I just don't, you know, it's, it's not something that I'm into. I, I say, felt genuine compassion for him yeah. watching this thing because he is so. I think he might be, frankly, a little kind of slow. Uh, he, he, he might be a wonderful father, husband, grandfather. But, you know, going up against Tim Trump and the Rock of Talk, uh, you're talking about being outmatched, Manny. And, and frankly, Manny, you might want to think of getting out of this thing and walking away. Yeah, well, that's not going to happen. There's too many moneyed interests. And, I mean, I mean, it's gone 0 for 5. If you lose mine, too, that's 0 for 6. And this next one will be 0 for 7 and all these things. And it's just bad. It's just bad stuff. This is not what the city needs to see. You know, we need to see the guys who are leading this this particular uh, city as strong and, you know, undefeatable, but uh, that's not what we've seen uh, certainly uh, during his campaign. All right. 508 having fun here on a Friday afternoon uh, by talking about that. We've already disclosed all the places you're going. Uh, we're going to check out vote 505.com and see where that's at. So you guys can all go uh, Dan Lewis, Lori Robertson, Renee Grout, as far as our city councilors, that's something that we have to fix. It's just a lot of work that needs to get done. You know, we have gone backwards uh, since Dan Lewis has left, um, the city council. He was president of the city council before he decided to go ahead and run for mayor. You know, I heard him uh, talk and I'm like, well, there's a lot of knowledge there. And I hope that you people on the West side decided to go ahead and uh, get behind uh, Dan because he's a good guy and uh, he should definitely be representing uh, West side. I know he's pounding the pavement and walking those, knocking those doors uh, out there. So if you see him say hello and uh, let him know that uh, we're saying good things about him, Lori and Renee, and thanks everybody for listening right here in the Kiva on AM 1600 KIVA abq.fm and rockoftalk.com. I don't know. I'm getting into Interpol lately. I'm just uh, listening to a lot of this stuff lately, making me feel pretty good. Thanks for listening. Tell them now your pleasure set upon on trial.
no matter where your journey starts, it will end at Ann Matthews Bridal, where you will get to say yes to the dress. The Ann Matthews selection from nine top designers, including the Disney collection to 18 different lines, brings the shopping experience of New York and Dallas right here to Albuquerque. Call 890-3736 for your own personal shopping experience. Ann Matthews Bridal, 890-3736. Located across the street from Coronado Center at 6121 Manal Boulevard. Make Sugar Hollow Assisted Living a home away from home experience for your loved one. In the historic Albuquerque Country Club neighborhood, Sugar Hollow is beautiful and peaceful with one of Albuquerque's lowest resident to caregiver ratios. Home cooked meals, activities, medication assistance, boutique style care with a focus on dignity and quality of life. Visit Sugar Hollow by calling 270-0801. Dignity and trusted care. Sugar Hollow, 270-0801. Salon Deluxe and Tan Rio West have partnered together to offer hair, nail, and skin care with our signature Solitone, Lumi Facial, and Lumi Lift, and Brazilian Blowout. And this is Deb Slight from Tan Rio West Life. We specialize in permanent makeup, tattoo removal, Botox, Juvederm, spray tan, and eyelash extensions. You can reach us at 896-0586 at the salon or call Deb at Tan Rio, 994-2390. We're located at the Country Club Plaza in Rio Rancho, New Mexico. Sun's up and dine-in tables are open every day at Sunny Side Up on Manola, Louisiana. The carrot cake pancake topped with a sweet cream cheese drizzle and a scoop of homemade cinnamon butter. Sunny Side Up specials are yours online. Sunny, that's a place I like.com. Auto thieves make stealing your vehicle a priority. We make preventing your vehicle from being stolen ours. RevelcoNM.com. 505-550-4994. 505-550-4994. Five five zero four nine nine four. Looking for a full-service landscaping company that can design, build, and maintain your landscape? True West Landscape is the company for you. Whether you are a property manager or homeowner looking for that quality weekly service, True West is here to help. Contact the True West team of professionals today so we can show you our quality service options at 505-395-7770, 505-395-7770, or visit online at truewestgroup.com. Hey, Grandpa and Stella, we need to get back to work. We are working, Ava. Yeah, all this cleaning and sanitizing is hard work if you do it right like we do. Exactly, Stella. Especially while serving all the yummy Monroe's food with a smile. Behind the mask. And in a safe, sanitized place. Hey, Hey, Ava, we we want to race. I'll give you two a raise. Go and raise the flag and get back to work. We are going to Monroe's in Heights and downtown. Directions at chili.theplaceilike.com. When it comes to vehicle maintenance and repair, you want a place where you can be sure you're going to get reliable, honest, and quality service. A place where a credentialed automotive expert will work on your vehicle and explain exactly what needs to be done and at a fair and honest price. And so important, where you won't be charged for parts and unnecessary service you may not even need. Now, where's this place? JJ's Premier Tire and Service, a one-stop shop for all your auto needs. Alignments, oil changes, brakes, computerized diagnostics, tune-ups, suspension, air conditioning, and more. And JJ's, the tire dealer for all major brands, including Michelin, Firestone, and Goodyear. Hi, I'm JJ, and we've built our reputation on honest, fair-priced auto repair. We promise you excellent auto service, and we treat our customers the way we want to be treated. 
Trust JJ's Premier Tire and Service on San Antonio, just west of Wyoming. Call 821-5771. Ready for some adventure? Then explore our new array of Lear's superior camper shells and tonneau covers at Smith's Ultimate Linings. Fiberglass base rails, trimless edges, DuPont automotive finish. Enjoy safety and superior advantages Lear offers. We'll even take $100 off with a purchase of a shell and liner. Visit our website at smithsultimate.com or call us at 505-332-1403 to begin your journey today with Smith's Ultimate Linings. Hi, I'm Kevin with Futons and Frames. We've been doing business in Albuquerque for over 30 years. We have the largest selection of futon frames in the state. Our futons are made right here in the USA. So if quality, service, and knowledge of product matter to you, then come on down to 4311 Manal or call us at 881-6863. Want the honesty, affordability, and reliability of a household plumber without the crack? Call Rogers Plumbing and Heating, family-owned and operated since 1973, for all your plumbing needs. Reaching Albuquerque, Baylor, Moriarty, Santa Fe, New Laguna, Pueblo, and anywhere in between. Rogers Plumbing and Heating is not only fast and reliable service, being family-owned and operated since 1973 means they always put their customers first and hold each of their employees to the highest moral, professional, and ethical standards. So when you need a fix without the crack, call Rogers Plumbing and Heating at 243-9703. This is the Rock of Talk on AM 1600 KIVA Albuquerque. Oh, sure. off with that for the weekend, D. Dowd Muska. And then, uh, oh, by the way, where are you taking care of the dogs? 
Ah, well, you know, you know me. If I'm not chained to this computer, I'm in Corrales with all my canines. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I, I've got this doodles this weekend. Uh, all right, so top five uh, most clicked items from our daily email sent out to literally thousands and thousands of you as far away as uh, Milwaukee and Australia and Scotland, not not just in New Mexico. Uh, number one story most clicked on was uh, the Gonzalez pack attacks Eddie? Question mark. Really? Uh, right. That was the right. number one. Uh, even more clicked on. Then the link I sent out to the actual debate, the video of the debate, which was number three. Huh. Uh, so thanks to the conservative New Mexican, interesting blog. They did a, a very, uh, I think, uh, uh, high quality write up and they, they do some good work over there, Eddie. I, I know you uh, I think, you know, the proprietor at, at that um, at that blog. They do the they do high level, high level of intelligence there. D. Down Musk. Yeah. Uh, number two was actually an announcement. I found this hard to believe, but the Las Vegas, New Mexico, the, pr- the paper up there, newspaper, <laughs> proudly boasting that the governor is coming this weekend to open up a $10 million sports complex. And I'm Ooh. sure that has nothing to do with uh, campaigning and trying to get reelected yeah. in 2022. Uh, good. Uh, number four clicked was an interesting piece out of Britain. Eddie, there's a great website. I don't know if you've ever been to it called Spiked Online. It was, it's, it's not really conservative or libertarian or, or liberal or anything. It's just kind of free speech. Uh, a few people in the UK still believe in free speech, and this is about the Rolling Stones ple- uh, pledging that they will never play the song Brown Sugar again because it's racially Why? insensitive. What? Uh, is it? Don't get me started. Uh, and then number five was some numbers uh, going up. Oh, wait, wait. What is Brown? Wait. Now we got to stop on this. <laughs> now I'm upset. <laughs> How is the song that we've been singing for 40 years? Yeah. Suddenly, let's uh, see, Sugar. Uh, song wiki. Let's see. Okay, Brown Sugar, recorded oh. by the, the Stones, uh, written by Jagger, who's uh, apparently. Uh... Okay, here it goes. 495 of the 500 greatest songs of all time. Oh, that'll have to be removed. Yeah, uh, oh, you're God, gonna have yeah. to do it. You can't do it. Uh, he wrote it sometime during the filming of Ned Kelly in '69. According to Marsha Hunt, Jagger's then girlfriend and the mother of his first child, Karis, he wrote the song with her in mind. Okay, um, former. I get with Claudia Lanier disputes this claim, saying it was written about her. Okay, in 2014, Lanier told the Times that she was the subject of the song because she was dating Jagger when it was written. It, it, do we know the color of any of the people yet uh, that I've stated? Do we know if uh, Claudia Lanier? Uh, let's see. Well, we'd have to know their color in order to know what we think about it, right? We can't actually. Oh, Marsha Hunt. Yes, Marsha Hunt okay. is black. Oh. Huh? So if Mick Jagger back in the day was referring to his girlfriend, okay, Jagger's then girlfriend, the mother of his first child, Karis, if Marsha Hunt is black, did we, I'd want to know if at any point, despite the fact that Mick Jagger had a kid with her, <laughs> child with her, right? You say that about a lot of women. Yeah, I, no. <laughs> did Jack, was Jagger racist? For selecting or being, and does Marsha, 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 think that Mick Jagger was racist for having a child with her, despite being two different? And is that the case in every case where there's a biracial or interracial or whatever racial people want to go ahead and put in front of that, the prefix, racial relationship? Are you somehow racist because you were picking somebody who is not of your race? The question now, right? Did I, did I, am I overanalyzing this doubt? And, no, and no, really? you're, I'm, I'm right there just, with I'm you. Just, I'm just following the logic here. This is just straight logic. So uh, that really bothers me. So you write a love song for your girlfriend only to find out, uh, mother of your wife, only to find out 53 years later, you are indeed a racist uh, for, for 
uh, penning that song. There you go. No longer a love song. No, Mick, I'm glad we separated back then. I said you were racist then. You're a racist now. Our 53-year-old kid now uh, is, is, is now um, racist, subject of racism. All right. Mm-hmm. Bread and racism. There it is. Student Well, the, 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 the lyrics, clearly, I mean, rock, a lot of rock and roll lyrics are touch upon touchy subjects. I mean, uh, the, as Wikipedia describes uh, pastiche of a number of taboo subjects, slavery, rape, interracial sex, sadomasochism, lost virginity, heroin, you know, they, they were in some dark territory. But I think the quote from this piece that was our number four most clicked on. Hmm. They quoted the musician Ben Folds, who I don't really know ben a Folds. lot. Oh, yes, Ben Folds. Great. You, you would know. Yeah, I you would know. Ben Folds. Uh, apparently a lyric in, in a Ben Folds song is... What, which one is it? Uh, I didn't say the song, just the lyric. Uh, Once you wanted revolution, now you're the institution. And I think that oh, describes oh. a lot of former yeah. counterculture people. Uh, and it's uh, they've given up on everything they stood for. Uh, and then number five yeah, was... No, I, I can't help this. I think we need to... <laughs> There we go. Yeah, we got a jam, right? Look at that. This this screams race. I don't know if there's a song that screams more racism than this. That you doubt. What do you think? Maybe it's let's, just a cool song. Let's, let's let's find out what's in the lyrics. How about that? Why don't we do that here? Let's see. There we go. Let's do it. Let's do this together. If this is a institution of racism, once wanted. What revolution? So close, slave ship out of a cotton field. Sold in the market down in New Orleans. Scott, old slave, but you know, doing all right. Oh, wow. Yep. Wow. There it is. There, there's uh, slave ships, everything, Dowd. So, uh, so here we go. Let's try this again. England runs hot. Lady of the house wondering where it's going to stop. How boy knows that she's doing all right. You should have heard it just round the All right, now you know, Dowd. Now you are fully aware. So we brought you full circle there. You will never sing that song again, yep. uh, or you will be deemed a racist. Brown and sugar has been canceled, like so many other parts of our culture, that just we need to forget we ever had these things. And I think this has worked well, especially in communist societies, when you <laughs> remove words, concepts, individuals, yes. you just remove problematic things and people. I think that leads to a real utopia that we all can be proud of. Stop here <sighs> before we uh, finish up on your last story, because we want to get you and by the way, Mike, uh, you can go ahead and call in and we'll go straight into uh, Murder Mike. But should the Rolling Stones be able to get any ASCAP BMI royalties off yes. the song that yes. is about the exploitation? Residuals, of yes. Like, where, doesn't reparations come into this conversation Absolutely. at some point? Absolutely. It's probably think, been used in movies. They get rep- you know, they get uh, checks for that, too. And oh, that's, I yeah. think we should just follow the logic here. Right. Yeah. Let's follow the logic. And I think Mick Jagger should A, be deemed a racist. Right. I mean, if, we're, yeah, if, clearly, we're following, clearly. if we're following the logic, let's just oh, be clear yeah. here. And I think yeah. all the money that he's ever made, I think that, I don't know, the NAACP or whatever, um, whatever group that wants to go out there and get the money, I think they can get the money. Right. 
Yeah, we also got to think, I mean, all the people who made money off, one, I think when you adjust for inflation, Gone with the Wind is still number one. It's oh, made the equivalent of like $3 billion. I mean, think about the producers, the actors, the mm. technical crew, yeah. and their descendants living off the money. Bingo, bingo. I, hey, listen, we can take this in all sorts of directions. No, this is great. I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to get my lottery tomorrow, and I'm going to represent these groups that want to sue Mick Jagger. The Pets and a good business to be I don't in. know. Can you, can you technically, can anybody sue the pants off of Mick Jagger? They're pretty don't tight the pants, most of the don't time. The, don't the pants just sort of come off by themselves? Like, yeah, you don't need to sue the guy. I mean, I don't know. How, how many kids does the guy have? Anyway. 550-5500. Let's get some reaction uh, to that. Uh, let's see. Uh, <clears throat> oh, wow. We we, we got uh, that. Yeah, just call in directly. I'll, I'll reach out to you. People love brown sugar. Hey, brown sugar. Brown sugar. Look at this. All these people. <clears throat> let's see. Anything else? No, we'll go. Saw the billboard. C&H, the brown sugar uh, should be a bag of racism. C&H is sugar, brown sugar. Should also they should rename it? What what could they possibly rename? Mm. People are coming up with all sorts of ideas. Very creative, very creative. Nice. Okay. Dowd, uh, your final post for the week before you're off into the races. Oh yeah, check it out, folks at RockOfTalk.chat. Uh, I'm I'm submitting my question for the debate. Uh, this will this is not given in advance to Mr. Aragon. Oh, I'm, dang I'm it. putting I'm putting it out there for everyone. I want, I want you to give me a question so I <laughs> can have a pre. Fabricated answer, but I guarantee you they will not ask this question. When I walk in the studios on Tuesday, I'll be the only guy who won't have anything. I won't even have a pen. Why does the city of Albuquerque, which is not obligated to do this, pay seventy-five percent of the employee quote-unquote portion of your pension contribution for city employees, the thousands and thousands and thousands of employees who work for the city? It amounts to a $36 million giveaway per year to your city staffers. Uh, the city is not required to do this. Now, usually with a pension, you kick in a little, your employer kicks in a little, whether it's a defined benefit or defined contribution pension plan. There's a, you know, your employer usually has a matching rate. The city of Albuquerque pays all of the quote-unquote employer portion, but they also pay the bulk of the employee portion. They are not required to do this, and yet they do it, and it amounts to over $36 million a year free gratis to our unionized public employees. Eddie, that is almost half of the annual budget for the Solid Waste Department. It is almost the entirety of the budget for the Transit Department. That freebie to the public employee unions costs taxpayers more than the combined budgets of the Legal Department, Animal Welfare Department, and Economic Development Department. Who's really running things at that city, the mayor and the city councilors or the public employee unions? Read it and weep, ladies and gentlemen, rockoftalk.chat. Good stuff, D. Dowd Musk. I appreciate you. Go have fun with the puppies. And, Thank you, sir. Uh, or the doodles or whatever doodles. you might refer to them uh, as. There it is. Dowd uh, taking off on in late, out early. You don't see that very often. And uh, back after a quick break uh, right here in the Kiva. I guess we'll listen to the rest of this on our way out. When we return, we're going to check in with Murder Mike right here on AM 1600 KIVABQ.FM and rockoftalk.com. 530 back and forth.
something wonderful like all chocolate dipped cherries or pineapple or apricot glaze. How about chocolate caramels and creams, even red chili bars? Thousands of incredible delicacies at the Candy Lady in Old Town at 424 San Felipe and on the web at CandyLady.com. Taco Tote on Central across from the historic Highland Theater has the Family of Five meal deal. One and a half pounds of meat, fresh homemade tortillas, the sides, and don't forget the salsa. Enjoy takeout, dine in, Taco Tote, hugetacos.com. Bad credit? Need it fixed? At Credit Rescue, Inc., our services have been used by mortgage companies, banks, and auto dealerships to help people who have been turned down for credit. Don't spend the next 7 to 10 years as a victim of high interest. Remember, knowledge is power, and you now have a way to get back your credit worthiness. Bad credit can haunt people for years. Let's rescue your credit at Credit Rescue, Inc. Call me, Mike Ramos, to set up an appointment today at 505-899-1448. That's 899-1448. Music is the great communicator on MakeUsGodlyAgain.com. Sometimes we just need a pick-me-up. MakeUsGodlyAgain.com. Maintaining your cutting equipment is essential to the longevity of your tools and the quality of your product. Whether you're a woodworking professional, metalworking professional, hobbyist, or you just need a new edge on your kitchen knives or gardening tools, trust the sharpening experts at Precision Sharpening to help keep your tools in excellent condition. 884-8229. 884-8229. Don't get caught unprepared to defend yourself. I'm Keith Cope with VigilantFirearms.com. We provide calm, safe, and effective training for concealed carry or any other gun training classes. VigilantFirearms.com, 312-0065. 312-0065. Chris Napier here with Loan Depot, the mortgage guy. As you look for the best ways to provide and protect for your family, the structure of your loans is critical. Your mortgage payment and its terms could be behind the curve. Let's ensure that when you're buying or refinancing your home, you have the best total cost. Call me at 505-710-2499 and MLS number 330093. Hi, I'm Walt Arnold with Sperry Van Ness Commercial Real Estate. Are you currently leasing but have always wanted to own a building? Looking to take advantage of all-time historically low interest rates? Call my direct line now at 256-1255 or visit waltarnold.com. This week can be your best week, the week when you get onto a better path with your money. Call me, Tom Crow, at Crow Financial Advisors to give your nest egg the attention it deserves. 243-2281 or visit crowaboutmoney.com. Are you fooling yourself about your retirement savings? What return have you seen on your retirement funds in the last year? The last five? Now's the time to reach for new support to move toward your goals. Call Tom Crow at 243-2281. In our increasingly busy world, it is always nice to take a little time to sit down and relax. At Monty's Cigar Shop, we offer everything to help you do just that. There's nothing better than spending time smoking a great premium cigar with family and friends. Monty specializes in artisanal, hand-rolled cigars that make up just 2% of the worldwide cigar market. With over 2,000 different kinds of the absolute best cigars for you to choose from, you are guaranteed to find the perfect fit. Whether you've been smoking cigars for years or you're just starting now, we'll find the right cigar for you. Stop by and see us at 3636 San Mateo in Albuquerque or give us a call at 505-881-7999. That's 505-881-7999. Hi, this is Mark Minicucci with the Minicucci Insurance Agency. We are privately held and locally owned. We market property and casualty insurance products and risk management services primarily to a variety of companies located within New Mexico and the surrounding states. We are able to meet the needs of a large international company as well as small local businesses. We employ the best and brightest agents to ensure that our customers are well taken care of. Call us today at 883-3683, 883 883- 
3683. Alarms are ignored, kill switches are easily detected and reconnected. RFIDs are hacked using a basic code grabber. And GPS tracking systems, well, they're good at locating your vehicle after it's been taken. Give us a call, 505-550-4994. Here in the Kiva on this beautiful Friday afternoon. Yes, I never run out of energy. We've got uh, Murder Mike here in the Kiva. And uh, Murder Mike, how are you doing, sir? How are you doing on this wonderful Friday afternoon? Uh, we're at 98 murders officially, and I hope that we don't go past, well, 99, of course. It does, it does seem like there are other people who are hoping that it uh, goes higher, unfortunately. And uh, I got to say, I'm pretty disappointed to hear about that. How are you this afternoon? I'm doing pretty good there, Eddie. I must, I must admit, I, I watched the debate, and I was uh, very impressed by the way you handled everything. Uh, Thank you. I, I did notice the fact that I don't think any of the candidates, everybody talks about crime, yeah. but you're the only one. And, and, I mean, you're the only one that has consistently stayed on top of crime on a daily basis. Uh, you know, we do the crime report and everything, but – We've talked at two in the morning when I'm on the scene of a shooting, and you want to know what's going on. So you really do have your pulse on on the crime situation in Albuquerque, and that's the only way it can be handled is if you yeah. know what is going on, and you do. So yeah, you know, well, I commend thanks you to that. you. I commend you for all the work that you do, and uh, you know we're getting into those colder temperatures, and you know it's tough for homeless people out there, and there's going to be so sort of a competition for resources, et cetera, and people trying to make ends meet and getting frustrated, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, um, stay safe out there, folks. And uh, you can help the homeless in any way you can because there's 5,000 of them now uh, that are here. Uh, when at the beginning of Keller's administration, there was 2,000. So we've got to do what we can. So every little bit helps. What's been going on the last 24 hours there, Murder Mike? Well, it is. Uh, it was a busy night last night. It was. Uh, there was a lot of activity going on, uh, beginning with uh, general disturbance calls. There were five of those. At okay. least, uh, anything you know from uh, shots being fired at somebody breaking windows, just a disturbance. Okay. Uh, there was tw- uh, twelve shots fired calls, and this is something that was kind of disturbing. One of them was actually occurred at Montgomery and San Pedro. Where uh, there was a drive-by shooting, and they they were shooting at uh, oh, the workers on top of a cell phone tower. That's uh, so, by the that's by Starbucks, Rex's. Um, I don't know if that's a, still a Starbucks. It's been a little bit of time since I've been through there. So uh, right there, as you tee up on Montgomery, and you know, there's a lot of drag racing through there. I got a, a text message earlier about just how dangerous drag racing is up and in, in down that area. What time did that happen? Uh, that was about two two. It looks like it was about two forty-five in the morning. So that's about when the racers are really out and about. They change locations when the cops come down on one. They already have a predetermined location to move to. So yeah, they uh, use uh, Facebook pages. Uh, that's how they do. They also use other social media apparatus to uh, make sure that uh, they can coordinate. Uh, as you know, right here in our area, it's one of the things that'll stop day one when uh, I'm. Mayors will have cameras, people will get fined, and they won't want to drag race or damage our streets any longer. Right here at the corner of Renard and Miles uh, that we have uh, here in front of the office, it's one of the things that happens. And, you know, my kids get scared uh, when we happen to be in here broadcasting and they happen to 
be here with me. So it's it's not not a good situation. And generally, about Sunday nights, about seven thirty eight o'clock, as you've seen, right, Murder Mike? Uh, they really That's correct. They really tear up the streets. What else? Okay, uh, let's see. Moving, uh, we had uh, seven assaults, okay. uh, two of which were aggravated. One was with a machete, and the other was with a handgun. Wow. Uh, that means that the, the, they weren't necessarily shot at, or they were. They may have been shot at. They weren't uh, hit. So, uh, there so was, way, and, way uh, more assaults. Five were simple assaults. Yeah, way way more there assaults. Was one armed robbery. Mar- I murder Mike. Murder Mike. Hey, you, I know you. You have a hard time hearing. But uh, way more assaults than the previous night. Uh, the last two nights have been very quiet. Last night had more assaults than the previous two nights put together, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah, last night there was a definite increase all the way around, all across the board. The scanners were just on fire. I had all six of them going at once just to kind of uh, keep up because, I, you know, it was just impossible to listen to one scanner. You had to listen to a bunch of them at the same time in order to really stay on top of things. So, yeah, yeah it's... It, uh, uh, it was, I guess, it was, it was the first night that it wasn't below freezing, and so maybe people got out there, and uh, I, who, who knows? I mean, yeah, I guess with criminal minds, you got to think like a criminal in order to figure it out. <laughs> but uh, it was interesting. Uh, there was, and the violence, uh, the level of violence involved in some of these uh, situations. There was nine domestic disputes, wow. and in those. Four of, four of those were aggravated. In other words, one one of the other individuals in the in the dispute or the fight, if you want to call it that, were uh, armed or had assaulted the other. Sometimes with a pipe. One was assaulted with a board. One was assaulted with uh, pistol whipped. So, um, yeah, the level of violence is, is out there. So, I mean, that's that's on the increase. There was five suicide calls. Uh, again, these were all attempted, none of which, to, to the best of my knowledge, has been completed. All right, so, good. Thank you, Mike. Uh, two drunk driver arrests, so they're out there doing that. Uh, there was three psychiatric calls. Are we going to have any saturation points? I think uh, ABD needs to get a few saturation points back in back in order. I noticed we didn't have any saturation DUI stops for um, during the balloon fiesta. Did you notice that, too? Uh, yeah, I did. I know they were out and about because, you know, that one drunk driver that assaulted or that, you know, hit the two uh, PSAs and the cop, he was a, he was a drunk driver that they eventually uh, apprehended over on Alameda. So, um, which <laughs> I had never seen that happen before either. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that are going on I have never seen happen before. And that includes being a first responder here for 25 years. So, uh, what uh, about what about um, the number of stolen cars? I know you were tracking that or had it. We had six the other night. Uh, are you getting any calls on that? Yeah, I did. I had. Uh, let's see here. I had that. Um, there was uh, one, two auto burglaries. There was one stolen car last night. And then I think there was uh, several this morning. But again, I re- remind people when it's cold weather. Don't do a warm-up in your car and leave it unattended because that is open to thieves to, to come and steal your car. Uh, Mike, Mike no, one, one... no one's going to listen to that. I'm just letting you know. It, the problem isn't to tell people not to let your car warm up. they got to let their car warm up. I mean, you know, we knew what, what happened to uh, Miss V. Hill and, and stuff. I mean, these are just those are normal things. She shouldn't have had to worry about the fact that there wasn't going to be any response or nobody was there to protect her and her neighborhood of the Telementis were going to be out there. 
uh, as well. I mean, those people should not have been on the streets in the first place. If the Albuquerque Police Department or the Bernalillo County Sheriff's Office had been doing their jobs, those type of incidents, people warm up their cars all across the country. You can't tell people not to warm up their cars. It's the fact that they have to even think about that uh, happening in the first place. I mean, that's on the uh, that's on the sheriff's uh, watch. That's on the mayor's watch. And I don't think I'm in, you know being hyperbolic about it, but those are things that we shouldn't really have to think about. We shouldn't, and okay. uh, and it's unfortunate. But uh, again, until you become city manager and really start doing something about these things, uh, it's not going to change. Well, that's going to take time. Gonna it's going to take it's going to take a long time. You know, that's going to that type of thing. You know, that's a changing of, of culture over time. That's going to, it's not something that you set out to do and fix. It's just going to change the way that people are caring. And then they realize that, hey, you know what? I am going to call 911. There is going to be some level of tracking or prosecution or detainment, which is going to help us understand who our criminals are. We'll elevate that so that we know that these people are in that area and we can do something about it. Where general awareness, I think, is uh, what's going to be important. And making sure that we send the signal out that the people who are caring, concealed caring, uh, or even open caring and trying to protect themselves and then their person, they ain't going to get messed with. You know, I think we've got to have more uh, responsible um, uh, citizenry out there that is going to stand up for everybody, including themselves. There's a lot of people who are just like, well, should I call 911? I'm not going to carry. Well, if I get robbed, well, I'm going to get robbed anyway. We got to get rid of that attitude. People feel helpless and they're like, oh, well, I guess it's just going to happen. No, you've got to do something about it. And I think four of the eight, um, in, in terms of the home invasion of people who have been justified homicides. I heard a stat from some guy last night who had called in a uh, good guy. And he said that there's uh, people are feeling more vigilante. People are feeling like they have to take care of things because they can't call the police officers. So that's a problem. That's, right. that's a, that's a problem. So, you know, if you're not calling 911 and you're taking matters into your own hands, it's becoming more dangerous. But there's, I think, a record number of justified homicides here in the city of Albuquerque. And, and you're scratching your head. And you're thinking to yourself, it's like, wow, you know, the police officers are really, really not able to be effective uh, right now. Something has to be done above them in terms of their leadership to make sure that we can change things. And that's going to take time. That's happening countywide, citywide. That is happening. It's going to take time. That's so true, and I think uh, we can add the fact that even though a lot of the crimes are perpetrated in the Albuquerque area, yeah. some of the more high-level drug dealers and things of that nature, they're living out in Bosque Farms. They're living in Edgewood. They're coming to Albuquerque to do their business, and yeah, they go correct, back out right. there. Yeah, yeah, and so there's an, the whole thing is cooperating with uh, local area law enforcement uh, that are there, Valencia, uh, as you said, Bernalillo County. Uh, we've got to do what we can to sort of bring everybody together and realize that hey, you know what, regardless of where you come from, uh, we've got to solve the problem. And it's going to take a lot of listening. It's going to take a lot of uh, being more transparent. Uh, uh, doing more of what you're doing right here is, I think, also very helpful, uh, Mike, because you're listening to the scanners, things that aren't going to get written about or reported about in the news uh, or put on TV. Well, it doesn't make this, it doesn't make those things not news. It makes them just as newsworthy. It's just that they couldn't get reported on. So creating more awareness and sharing information uh, even Facebook's restricting that. I think, if I'm not mistaken, Murder Mike, didn't you get your Facebook page removed? Uh, pretty much to that effect, yeah. They, uh, they didn't like what I was posting, and I was, uh, I think I got, somebody said I was put in Facebook jail or something like that, and so okay. finally I just uh, gave up on it. So, uh, see, and, and it, it, was, it was a it was service. No being, you were bringing yeah. awareness and information 
and it didn't matter. There, there shouldn't be any restriction. If something happened, go say something about it. Say something, see something, say something. We don't do that yeah, anymore here. Yeah, see something, say something, and, and if there you have you to do something, but yeah. uh, don't be just, uh, you know, uh, turn your back on the fact that your next door neighbor is getting robbed. Call somebody, do something. Do something. But, you know, no, no, don't call somebody. Do something about it, then call somebody and let them know that you did something about it and that you need help here uh, as quickly as possible. And, you know, yeah, I've noticed a lot of times if if somebody's responding to it, if the police are responding to a burglary, we'll say a burglary in progress, all of a sudden it, that call gets upgraded to a priority one fast dispatch if if they say that they have the perpetrator at gunpoint. Okay. So if a citizen has somebody at gunpoint, all of a sudden the cops are there in a New York second because they don't want anything worse to happen. So uh, it's unfortunate, but that's just some, sometimes that's what it takes to get a call upgraded. Uh, I got a question uh, from my listener. What happened on Juan Tabo north of Manol? Uh, Murder Mike at FedEx in the cheesesteak sandwich shop. Did you anything ring a, ring any bells? I turned on the scanners, but I have uh, I really didn't get any traffic on that. I I, I tried to pick up on it, but um, you know, unless I had more details, it was kind of hard to tell. Because yesterday, at that time of the day, yeah, yesterday six oh five is when the first uh, the first. Yeah, the first uh, text message came across uh, me on that. So there you go. Um, let's see what else we've got here. <sighs> Anything else as far as category? Seven assaults, nine domestics, five suicide, two DUIs, uh, three auto burglaries, including auto theft, four aggravated domestics. Come on, folks. Uh, what else? Uh, three psychiatric calls, one commercial burglary. Two down-and-out calls. One of them, uh, they were down-and-out behind the wheel of a car at a drive-up window for a fast food. Okay. There was a stabbing in the parking lot of a McDonald's in the northeast area by the auto zone. What do we know uh, about the condition of the? What do we know about the condition of the person? Uh, we don't. Uh, he was transported to UNM Hospital in serious, but uh, with uh, possible non-life-threatening injuries. That occurred about 2:15. It started out as a fight in progress, and then it turned out that everybody in that fight was armed. They're not really sure who stabbed who, or <laughs> in fact, for a while there, they couldn't even find the victim. And it turned out he had went over to the auto zone and was crashed out behind the dumpster, and that's how they found him. So uh, we're just waiting on results of that. And then at 11.20 p.m., the Mexico State Police initiated a search and rescue operation. There was no location given. So okay. that's kind of a, what happened over the in the last 24. Happy anniversary, Dad, in case you're listening. Glad yeah. to see you on board with all this. And uh, Eddie, thank you for what you do. It's an honor and a privilege to work with you, sir. Same, same here. I appreciate all the work that you've been done. I'm glad the scanner's back on. And, you know, we're moving forward uh, with making sure that there's uh, information transparency. Uh, out there. It was a bit disappointing there. Can we uh, round up the total number of murders on the year? We're getting into the home stretch, early voting coming in. I think it's important that uh, we understand just how responsible the two people that I face are for what's happening here in our community. It's surprising to me, as I'm sure it is for you, for who's been uh, doing ambulatory work for, what, 40 years, listening to the scanners for 60 in all of this? Six years I've been listening to yeah. police scanners, yes, sir. I'm the, the godfather of the police scanner world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, you have a safe weekend. Keep on the scanners. And if uh, there's anything that's breaking or you think I need to know, just text me and uh, I'll see if I can respond. You got it, Eddie. Be safe out there. And right. Thank you for everything you're doing. Yep, you're doing absolutely. a good job. Appreciate right. you. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. All right. 550-5500. I'm going to read some texts. 
If you guys want to have calls, uh, I did get the green light. I can go ahead and play last night's debate. Do you want to hear that, or do you want to hear do a whole other hour of, of that? This will, in fact, give our competitors and all this an equal opportunity to go ahead and be heard uh, for the same hour under the fairness doctrine, which actually Anyway, I'm not going to talk about anything illegal because I don't need to. Uh, so, uh, anyway, this one is for Murder Mike. Murder Mike. Uh, the moment you realize you got tossed into Facebook jail by a guy in a booster seat. Oh, wow. I didn't realize Mark Zuckerberg is so short that he sits on a padded chair when he went to Congress. That is hilarious. Uh, this is 4473. That's right, Eddie. Eddie, sadly, we might have to expect more domestic calls if lots of people get tossed from their jobs uh, for not vaccinating. Thanks, Murder Mike. Good job. Yep. Uh, you want to hear the debate? There we go. We got one vote for the debate. We'll just, I'll take them in as they come in, as many as you want, for the next five minutes. As Another hour, says Duke. Uh, I'd like to hear the debate. K21 there. Let's see how we got. Uh, let's see. Two cheesesteaks got popped for a couple of ouches in the green chili. <laughs> All right. You're going to make me laugh. You know, realize I'm starting to take things a heck of a lot more seriously now. I mean, we've got. We have a lot of personality, but I'm starting to think of like actually doing the job of mayor. Like, I want to tell you what's happening to me right now mentally is I am thinking about the day today as I'm walking to the car. I'm like, this is how busy I'm going to be. And I'm going to run out to the van. And I know that I've got to go and I've got three, four, five meetings. Like today I had like four meetings. Calls were coming in on incessantly. I was doing my recordings, doing all the stuff that I was doing that I normally do. And I'm like, okay, well, these are the things I'm going to have to cut out when I become mayor. These are the things I'm going to have to do. Like I'm starting to go through in, you know, my decision-making tree about what I'm going to cut out. And if you were to come in, I should, I, you know what I should do? I think it'd be good for the guys who uh, put together our videos is if they gave a total day-to-day of all the things that I do. Um, because you probably want to know as a point of qualification for me to be mayor of the city of Albuquerque, where I get up, how I get up, what I do when I wake up, where I go, uh, who I'm like, these are the day to day. So I think we're going to probably try to put something like that together. Um, it's going to be very, very transparent in me sharing that, uh, those pieces of information more than the three hours that I already share with you with my thoughts and everything. So, um, that's something that I'm thinking about because I think it'd be important for you to understand what you're getting. And, um, I am tireless. Okay. I do get tired but I am tireless um, in my pursuits to accomplish a certain number of things. And that's what really drives me. You know, a lot of you have commented on how well I was prepared for all these things. You know, uh, for example, my suit, the things I have, like a lot of people have asked me, have you been in the military? Were you in the military? They always ask me, why is everything so neat? And why is it so nice? Why do you always know where everything's at? Or, you know, how do you do things in such a short uh, period of time or able to get things done or make quick decisions? So, you know, I'll be happy to share all that, you know, kind of stuff with you. So I'm really starting to, you know, process and it's exciting because, you know, even at my age, which I'm 46 years of age, I'm still developing. I'm still becoming a better person uh, in any way that I can. And I think that that's important. So I feel like there's part of me that's sort of uh, got like a second wind because, you know, this is a new opportunity. On November 1st, in this particular radio station will have been 10 years since I started uh, into this 10 years to the day, I literally started uh, back on uh, November 11th or November 1st, excuse me, of 2011. So um, that's an exciting uh, thing as well to kind of have that point and God putting that like almost completely symmetrically with the 10 years to the day. And the very next day is the election. So, 
you know, I, I'm ready for this. I want this. I'm super excited about the opportunity uh, to see what I can do. Uh, I can tell you the challenge, even so far as I've met the challenge when it comes to being involved. Like, you know, look at our wonderful stickers. You know, there's a lot of care and design. You know, Brian, that's that's probably a couple of hours, two, three hours of brainstorming, thinking about this over the last, you know, whatever, uh, however much time we've spent on that. The stuff that I have in my studio, the things that we put together here, the automation system, the way if you walk into my studio here where my TV is, like, the way everything's set up, the clothes that I wear, the things that I think about, um, the people I talk to, the things that I read. Um, these are all things that sort of contribute to what you get every single day here with me. Uh-oh. Oh, are you breaking in there? Hold on. Yeah, can you hold on a sec? I'm just wrapping up the show. Then we're going to play the, I think, the debate. Uh, you want to you wanna jump on picture? See? These are people. So, so then now you can see... Okay, so my kids have learned to talk now through me. Go ahead and go. Take your brother with you very quickly. You have 30 seconds. Five, four, keep that door open. Anyway, okay, so uh, anyway, I'm kind of getting lost on this. But, you know, if you want to know me and your potential mayor, the things that you want to do, appreciate the information that uh, Chris Ramirez shed some light on, but you're not going to get very much from just spending three minutes with me on a golf course talking with him, even though it is a nice sort of, you know, entree point into where I'm at. I do like the golf course, but I, I never go there. I, I just don't have the time anymore. Um, but I'm looking forward to going there. Hopefully if the weather holds up. All right. So without further ado, let's get to the KOAT.com uh, debate, uh, which is uh, exciting. And uh, that happened last night even though it happened uh, Tuesday at 2 to 3 p.m. Great job, Doug Fernandez, Shelly Rabondo, uh, everybody putting it together as much as it could have been put together. Thank you for accommodating me, I guess, if we can call that an accommodation, uh, to in the fact that I'm not vaxxed. I think I would be in, uh, plenty fine. You know, I use my regular oil, my OSHA, and drink plenty of water, and I'll be happy to wear my mask and all that kind of good stuff. But nonetheless, you guys accommodated me, and I appreciate that. And uh, I think when you have three guys... And I've made a little bit of fun in the fact that, well, you know, this is really what you have for your leadership. Well, well, the fact is, is these two guys weren't really inspiring people during the race. So I came in and I think it's become a little bit better because I'm in the race. So now you have three people who you know, I really think genuinely care about the city of Albuquerque. But one, you know, really cares. The other one cares a lot about politics and, you know, his positions. And the other one, you know, has an opportunity uh, because, he, you know, we thought he was really likable, but he's throwing everybody in court. So, you know, you can figure out who I'm talking to based upon the phrasing of everything that I have in there. But, you know, nonetheless, here's the debate. Good job to KOAT TV Channel 7 and uh, Shelly Rubando and Doug Fernandez for putting this together. We'll uh, start into it right after just a quick top of the hour ID for the next hour right here in the Kiva. This is The Rock of Talk on AM 1600 KIVA Albuquerque. KOAT, I'm Shelly Rabando. And I'm Doug Fernandez. We are partnering with the Albuquerque Journal and KKOB Radio to allow you to hear from three men who are running to be the mayor of Albuquerque. It is the biggest city in our state with a population of 564,000 people. The mayor leads a city with 26 departments and about 5,800 employees. Tim Keller wants to keep his job. He was first elected in 2017. 
His challengers are Manny Gonzalez and Eddie Aragon. Gonzalez is the Bernalillo County Sheriff, and Aragon is a radio host. The race is nonpartisan, and tonight I'll be moderating the debate. Our questions will come from Shelly Rabando, KKOB radio host Bob Clark, and journal reporter Dan McKay. The questions have all been selected from an editorial board from KOAT, The Journal, and KKOB Radio. In the next hour, you'll hear from each candidate. They'll have a minute for opening and closing statements. When questions start, each answer will be a maximum of a minute and a half long. 30-second rebuttals are called at my discretion. We will start now with opening statements. Mr. Aragon was chosen to go first in a hat draw. Your 60 seconds begins now. I met Aragon, and I'm running for mayor of Albuquerque because I'm tired of people talking bad about the city that I love. I'm tired of people leaving for a lack of opportunity. I'm tired of crime and homelessness and vandalism and panhandling, pushing away companies and families and entertainment venues that would otherwise love to make New Mexico their home. I'm tired of seeing despair and poverty on the streets and lofty political promises from our officials. I realize there are a lot of people out there who are just as tired of the constant bad news as I am. It is about being ranked the worst place to live or having the highest unemployment rate or record homicide rate or being last in education. So I decided to do something about it. I decided to take my message straight to the people and fight for the 505. This is our fourth debate. Neither of my opponents deserve to run this city. Killers made tons of promises and spent hundreds of millions of dollars only to see the problems of crime and homelessness go up. Manny, you were fined twice by the campaign ethics board for committing voter fraud. You were reprimanded for it. You went to court and you lost five times over it. You shouldn't even be in this race because you broke the law during the qualifying phase of this election. You shouldn't be in this debate. It is up. You Thank should you. be in jail. Mr. Keller, your opening statement, you have one minute. You know, four years ago, I asked voters to trust me to lead, and I pledged that we would face our toughest challenges head on. And I know that for us, we have honored that commitment by digging deep and really working on the root causes that have held us back for decades, whether it comes to homelessness or fighting crime or job insecurity. What we've done is we've built a foundation to lift us up going forward. And I believe that we've got to continue that path. And it's what we saw last year with how we handled COVID, making tough decisions in a way that actually kept us safe and kept lives and livelihoods in place in our city. And so for us, I know what we've got to do going forward. We're determined to lead our city through this pandemic. That means our revitalized public safety efforts with our plan to stop the revolving door and gun crime. It also means what we're doing for thousands of good new paying jobs that are coming out. It also means continuing to be a national leader when it comes to sustainability. Now, no doubt today you're going to hear from my opponents. Mr. Kelly, your time is up. Manny Gonzalez, your opening statement. You also have 60 seconds, please. Thank you for tuning into this debate. Four years ago, Tim Keller promised to fight crime. And now four years later, crime is out of control and the criminals run the streets of Albuquerque. Also under his leadership, the homicide rate has been broken twice. It's time to go a different direction. I'm Manuel Gonzalez III. And I've dedicated my life to the service of our country and community. I've served honorably in the Marines and then became a police officer. I rose to the ranks and have been twice elected sheriff. I'm running for mayor because I'm serious about fighting crime and ending the homeless epidemic. What I am not is a stereotypical double-talking politician. What I am is a proven leader that knows how to get the job done. Under my leadership, Albuquerque will be a much safer place to live, run a business, and raise a family. I hope to earn your vote today. Thank you. Now, we wanted to know from the people who live in Albuquerque about what concerns them and what the leader of the city needs to tackle most. 
I mean, really, we're facing a lot of issues that need to be addressed. I think the most important issue for Albuquerque is just trying to clean up our streets. Uh, the homeless population has been, I'd say it's been on a rise. I think the most important issue probably right now is the crime, like the number of shootings that we keep hearing about almost every weekend, every week, daily. Yeah, so the number's kind of staggering. It's really scary. Over and over, crime and homelessness comes up, so we will start with a focus on crime. Shelly Urbando has the first question directed to Mayor Tim Keller. Mayor Keller, overall, statistics reported by the Albuquerque Police Department show some crime is down, but violent crime like homicide and rape is up. Why aren't your initiatives to lower crime working? And if elected to a second term, what would you do differently to lower violent crime? Keller, you have 90 seconds. Well, when we think about crime in our city, uh, it's important to note that violent crime is up everywhere in the country after the pandemic. And this is a situation where even the FBI has stated this is the worst year for violent crime in America. So what we're doing right here in Albuquerque is continuing a couple of pieces of the foundation to fight crime. Number one, we got 400 officers in the door, and thank goodness that we did. And I'm graduating another 60 in just two weeks. We're going to continue adding to the ranks. We also know we have to continue investing in technology to fight crime. We put $80 million into things like gunshot detection software and other crime-fighting technologies that are going to help us going forward. But also, I initiated the Metro Crime Initiative. That's a one-of-its-kind example of bringing leaders together in our community to stand up and say, what do we do to stop the revolving door? What do we do to combat gun violence? And now we know. We have a list of several initiatives we're bringing to the legislature to make sure that we're actually doing things to keep people behind bars. And for the folks who do need a path to stay out, it's about meaningful diversion programs and opportunities to deal with things like addiction and mental health in a way that's not in prison. So we've got to address crime from all sides. That's what our administration's doing. And we built a foundation to make sure that we're actually going to be able to do that going forward. All right, Mr. Gonzalez, next question is directed to you only and will be asked by journal reporter Dan McKay. Sheriff Gonzalez, you didn't equip, equip sheriff's deputies with body-worn cameras until a state law made it mandatory. Your office has sometimes waited weeks to notify the public about homicides in the county. Tell voters why they should have confidence that you would run City Hall in an open and transparent manner. You also have 90 seconds. Go ahead. Sure. Uh, I do have cameras. And the reason I did not uh, select cameras, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not opposed to cameras, but what a lot of people don't know is when the cameras were placed on the Albuquerque Police Department is that's when crime started moving up. It removes officers from the streets, literally costing the taxpayers thousands of man hours from them performing law enforcement duties. I would never compromise the safety of the citizen. Also, what they're not telling you is it's an obsolete technology that compromises the safety of officers. There's literally libraries from the Albuquerque Police Officers Association showing that our police officers are being spit on, pushed, pumped, punched, women that their hairs are, hair is pulled, and being attacked. And I would never compromise the safety of an officer. I was never given the budget for that uh, uh, a camera. I do have the most advanced technology that doesn't put the obligation on the officer and is automated. It's the most so it's the most advanced system in the country. It doesn't allow the officer to to get rid of the evidence. It's cloud-based and it's an evidence-based system. This technology will benefit the public and officers for the next 5, 10, 15, and 20 years. 
and we are the most transparent law enforcement agency in the state. Uh, the only reason we would not Mr. Gonzalez, somebody your time about is a up. homicide is because we're not Mr. Aragon, Mr. Gonzalez, your time is up. Mr. Aragon, Bob Clark from KKOB Radio has our next question. Mr. Aragon, uh, you have little experience when it comes to public policy, public safety. You've never over overseen a large public workforce. So tell the voters of Albuquerque why you believe you do have the appropriate experience and skills to run our city, especially one that's dealing with a violent crime crisis right now. Mr. Aragon, you have a minute and a half. Go ahead. So running a large organization, I've dealt with a lot of Fortune 500 companies. Uh, prior to my uh, radio career, I did a lot of things uh, in business, working for a company by the name of C.B. Richard Ellis, and I worked uh, actually for Fortune 100 companies, and a lot of their management consultings and their leaders and uh, those guys that were always here on the ground. And it's very important organizationally. We've got 6,900 employees in the city of Albuquerque. They need to be led, and you need to jump out in front of them with real direction. And unfortunately, uh, neither one of my uh, competitors have done that. And you really have to go through each and every single one of those organ uh, departments in that organization to really inspire and take them to the next level. One of the things that I'm very good at, at doing is providing a vision. That's something that we haven't happened, haven't had. Meet with each of the department leaders. Talk with a lot of the uh, departments and do a forensic analysis. And you mentioned crime, Bob, and I think it's important to, to note here on crime why hasn't our mayor done a forensic analysis so that we understand the day-to-day -day of what's happening with our officers, with the police patrol, uh, with the sergeants, and then, of course, with leadership? So doing a full-scale evaluation of this can be done in very short order, and that forensic audit and accounting can be done inside. Then we can move to the next phase, which, of course, is leading them into a new direction. I'm the right guy because I will provide uh, goal-setting, vision. There's no doubt that even in my own business and what I've done, and competing with uh, such operations as yours, uh, winning the uh, five-time uh, award or four-time award for readers. Mr. Aragon, your time is up. I, I run my organization that Sticking way. Sticking with the topic much. of crime and policing, a question from one of our viewers about police reform. I do believe police reform needs to happen. With that being said, what can we do that still we still have the police and they are able to do their job, but at the same time they have the training, um, maybe maybe the equipment needed um, but at the same time be held to a higher standard so that there isn't a power imbalance. Candidates, the Department of Justice is overseeing changes at the Albuquerque Police Department and has been for years. Does the DOJ oversight stand in the way of your own ideas of how to run the department? Mr. Adagone, you go first, 90 seconds. Well, one of the things that we need to understand about the Department of Justice is this is something that we, are, we, we, we live with. We are party to the decree, so it's also important for us to understand that we're the plaintiff in all of this. Uh, unfortunately, this does get in the way of any mayor who's going forward, just because we would run our department differently than either the ACLU or this uh, decree would allow us to do. And does it interfere directly? The question is, would it interfere with my objectives? I have to live with it, so I have to move forward. We have to accelerate our level of compliance, but we also have to back up and push as hard as we can uh, when it comes to our officers, to just remove every obstacle, work with the Department of Justice and really not uh, try to create, I guess, more obstacles, which is what the mayor has unfortunately done. I've heard from a lot of officers. They've come to me and they said the mayor's office has actually made it worse. So the big objectives are reducing every level of crime, prosecuting for misdemeanors, which under the current decree we can't do, but we can arrest, detain, and of course they're going to get back out there. If we can keep track of our criminals and, 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 and 
and arrest for even the slightest uh, uh, crimes that are out there, I think we're going to do what we can to improve the crime rate around the city of Albuquerque. I do have to say that the Department of Justice uh, decree can be moved out of here within the next three to four years. Uh, but if we don't accelerate compliance, uh, we're not going to be able to adapt and move to uh, a new uh, operational structure going forward. Thank you. Mr. Kelly, your reply. Well, when it comes to reform, it's important that we understand we've got to be able to fight crime and we've got to be able to have reform. And this is where experience really matters. You know, it's not about what we want to do. I think as a community, I agree with the, the question in the sense that we know we've got to do both. The question is how. And that's what my administration is now demonstrating. We pulled out all the reform initiatives of the chain of command and created the superintendent of police reform. And since we've done that, we've been able to finalize the use of force training. That's exactly why the DOJ is here. And so now we're able to do that for all our officers. But we're also saying that the monitor and the DOJ process, they also have to work with us so that we can fight crime and do reform. And that's why we're saying we've got to have more flexibility when it comes to resources so that we can have the right amount of resources doing reform and also the amount of resources actually uh, fighting crime on our streets. And that takes cooperative leadership. It takes folks who will bring everyone together and say, we've got to do both of these things simultaneously. And I also want to mention it does come back to simple things like cameras. You have to have body cameras to have police reform, but also you have to have body cameras to bring justice, to have evidence, uh, to actually catch the folks that we need to catch. And that's why I think that last answer that was given by our sheriff is so dangerous. If you don't understand the connection with body cameras to fighting crime and with reform, then I don't think you're ready to lead this department. Certainly not ready to lead this city. And the last thing I'd say your about time is up, Mr. Keller. Time is up. Mr. Gonzalez, you have 90 seconds for your reply. Yes, uh, the cameras don't hold people uh, accountable. Uh, people hold people accountable and leaders do. And that's why the mayor does not understand this. I'm the only one that has experience. I'm the only one that has actual experience as a law enforcement officer. I've actually arrested people. I have uh, made both been a practitioner, but a policymaker. And so what it comes down to is becoming reasonable with the people that you're actually having do the job. And that is it coincides with the expectations of the courts. Both of these individuals would not understand that. They're only at a 56% compliance rate, which is uh, far worse off when the mayor started they're regressing you have to be able to not allow activists anti-police groups to make policies for police departments you have to make them reasonable to the courts so that the albuquerque police department can move on and be successful and keep the people safe in albuquerque that's what the people of albuquerque are crying for right now is service and protection and that's why this is a very important election to make sure that we have the most qualified candidate. And this, that candidate is speaking to you right now. Thank you. All right, Dan McKay has the next question for all of the candidates, Dan. For years, Albuquerque has budgeted for more police officers than it's been able to hire. What steps would you take to grow and sustain the police force? Mr. Keller, you go first. Well, fortunately, we've been able to bring in 400 new officers, 100 each year. And that was my commitment. Thank goodness that we did because we desperately need them on the streets right now. The challenge is we're having lots of retirements. In part, it's because of uh, the substantial adjustments we made to actually reward our officers for the work that they do, but they're retiring out. And so that's an age issue. 
and it's about our, the way our retirement system works. So here's what we're doing. We continue to offer a compensation bonus. We all know that we're committed to 100 new officers every year. We have literally graduating just a two, in two weeks uh, another huge batch of officers. And so that's outstanding for what we need. But it's also about making the burden they have on them not so heavy by having an alternative response program. So we are now doing the Albuquerque Community Safety Department, and that is an alternative response to 911 so that our officers have less call volume. Instead, if there's a mental health issue or a behavioral health issue, we're sending out a social worker, somebody who's trained in the right way to be the right response at the right time. And that frees up our officers to do the kind of violent crime fighting that we need them to do. And it also is a much better way to deal with the issues of those callers because we're getting them the right response at the right time, not someone who could potentially escalate the situation or has nowhere to take them besides jail or the ER. This new department can actually get them the services they need. Uh, your so time that's is up. how we have to work together. Mr. Mr. Gonzalez, you go next. You have 90 seconds. Yes, law enforcement is the neutral body of the government. They, they have to be that. Albuquerque Police Department has to be depoliticized. The mayor has politicized the police department to a fault where it cannot function anymore. You have to create an environment where the officers feel supported. It's no different than raising kids. They have to be uh, accountable. They have to have the support, they have to have the education, the resources. And of course, number one, they have to have the backing. They have to feel that when they get in these tough situations, they're gonna be supported and be held accountable but you never want to support anybody to a fault. The other thing you, is you have to do is provide them with the right leadership. Unless those people are willing to hold them accountable and, and not have the double standard and, and continue to sweep things under the rug and, and pay out all these whistleblower lawsuits and, and have all these other issues that the affairs of the mayor are not being covered because they're not willing to record everything. And so it's about accountability. So at least if you have the cameras, turn the cameras on so you can hold yourself accountable. I would encourage the mayor to do that so that the Albuquerque Police Department can move in the right direction. Mr. Aragon, you also have 90 seconds. Go ahead, please. I can't tell if uh, Sheriff Manny Gonzalez wants the cameras on or off. Uh, certainly his record is uh, something to speak about uh, there. Look, we have the DOJ compliance that's in there. That's driving police officers out, particularly when you're having to go ahead and continue to file all this paperwork. How do you guys keep these guys retained? Well, there's uh, $20 million, about $18.5 million in overtime that's there. I found another $50 million. We have to make them the best paid. I mean, it's already a hard enough job uh, to begin with. And we've got to stop to the mayor's uh, top, stop blaming the national trend that people are leaving police departments. It's his job to retain them, not pay attention to the rest of the country. We've had 90 plus police officers have left. Uh, I don't know that the mayor understands how many uh, officers he has. He has 896, not 1100, as he wrote in the paper. You know, the officers right now are buying out to retire because they aren't supported. It's a ridiculous situation. And that's one of the reasons why crime has gone up. It's not because of the DOJ decree. It's because our mayor is putting more and more obstacles in front of everything. Uh, I am absolutely on board, and uh, Sheriff uh, Gonzalez is now uh, jumping on my idea, which is a no-settlement policy uh, for legal claims from criminals. Uh, we do have some things that we do have to comply with, but, you know, we should be standing behind each of our officers every single time, uh, legally as well. You know, our guys are certified good guys. 
Why do we have lawyers running to this to go ahead and sue the city of Albuquerque? I will stop that day one. Our officers need to be supported. They need to be the number one paid. And I am the guy to ensure that they're doing. The Police Officer Association will not endorse either one of my competitors. Just like All right, the Mr. Otago, your time is up. Our next topic focuses on homelessness. It is something that is on the minds of many of the people we hear from every single day. How do you think that you're going to stop the homeless problem that we've got, which is also contributing to the crime? You know, we've lived across from this park for 40 years, and we see now, we see people doing drugs, we pick up needles. We've seen more people on the street corners begging for money, and it's just, there's got to be a solution other than building some place to put people that are homeless. Candidates, obviously homelessness is a major problem here in Albuquerque. What is your plan to address this problem now and for years to come? Mr. Gonzalez, you go first. Well, I'm the only candidate that opposes legalizing uh, uh, encampments. It's a bad idea. We do not want to colonize this problem. Housing them in hotels is a bad idea. That's increased homicides. That's inhumane. That, that goes against in the best interest of those individuals. There's victims there like women that are having to stay up at night protecting their children. We need to provide them with a comprehensive plan. I have a comprehensive plan to work both with the county manager and other elected officials and stakeholders. But this in itself is not a problem for the city in itself. This is a community problem. We'll collaborate with stakeholders, nonprofits, uh, service providers, mental health, clinicians, social workers, it's, it's going to take all hands on board to solve this problem. The most important thing, we can't become uh, a magnet for homeless people. We can't provide them with these type of services where uh, people are sending them from other cities into Albuquerque. We need to make sure that we get these people reconnected when we can to their families and or their communities. We need to be able to stand up an advocacy center that provides all those services, the wraparound services that these people desperately need and, will, and have not in, received any help in the last four years. And that problem continues to grow. It's grown from what the mayor said from 2000 when he took office and he was bragging down it's 5,000. And we do not want to become the whole homeless capital of the world. Mr. Gonzalez, so, your time is up. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Aragon, 90 seconds as well. Well, uh, again, I'm confused. I'm not sure there are encampments, temporary encampments. Let's be proper about uh, that term that uh, Sheriff Manny Gonzalez just referred to. We have temporary encampments for 30 to 40 to five days. It's something that uh, Councillor Diane Gibson proposed. It's something that's actually done in other cities. It's a responsible way to actually make sure that the uh, problem doesn't become more organic and we have organic growth of these encampments, which is something that both the mayor and the sheriff allowed. Uh, to happen. You have to, of course, uh, arrest for quality of life issues. Even if it, the arrest is a temporary 24 to 48 hour detainment, we've got to get control of our homeless population out there. And three, uh, 75% of them, three out of four of them, they're not there on their own accord. Some of them are drug addicted. Let's get them the help that they need. Let's make sure that we can track them. You know, some of them are mental issues. And then, of course, there's economic insufficiency. Those aren't the bad homeless people. Uh, we referred already to two to 5,000. Tim Keller wants to build tiny homes to the point of $900 a square foot. Insane. Uh, I'm the only candidate uh, in all of this. Uh, both uh, Sheriff Manny and Mayor Tim want to go ahead and go forth with this gate, gateway center. We're doing real estate deals with Tim Trump here, uh, who is deciding to go ahead and do uh, business with the richest guys in town. And you can you imagine uh, the, the refit for all that? It doesn't make sense. As a mayor, you have a responsibility to increase property values, not because interest rates are low, 
because you have to make sure that the blight and the, the quality of life issues uh, that are there, these homeless people need help. We don't need to create uh, I'm bigger, Mr. Adagone, your time is up. Mr. Keller, you also have 90 seconds to reply. Well, I think we've heard a lot of myths in the last couple of minutes in this debate. And look, first of all, some things that are being said, like comparing running APD to raising a family that our sheriff did earlier, is, is just completely disrespectful to officers in APD. Uh, and marginally also to those of us who are raising kids, including myself. These are serious issues, and they're complicated. You can't just have some sort of soundbite and then pretend that you know what to do to run a city. And homelessness is very, very 30,000 homeless kids in APS. You have to understand these are kids, these are families. You can't just move them out. And you also can't just say things like, we have to do better or we have to work together. As Eddie said, the sheriff's actually had eight years to help on this issue, and he has literally done nothing. Now, what our administration has done is an all-of-the-above approach. We opened our West Side shelter 24-7. We have 300 families living there. Absolutely, a hotel is better than the streets. So during the middle of a pandemic, yes, I put homeless people in hotels, and that saved lives. And it also means that we've got to look at the system as a whole. We need more supportive housing and affordable housing. We built 500 units of that. We have another 500 coming. And we have to have the Gateway Center. I'm glad at least the sheriff and I agree on that. We need one place to take people to get them out. All right. Our next question comes from Shelly Rabando, and it is for all three candidates. Shelly. Downtown is an area with high crime and a large homeless population. Mayor Keller supports a bond issue allowing for a stadium for New Mexico United to be built downtown. Do you support this? And if the stadium is built, how do you think it'll impact crime and homelessness downtown? Mr. Adagone, you go first. Uh, we have four different sites that have been selected for us. None of them will ultimately. All right. Uh, really not sure what happened here with the audio as we were all listening to it. So let's see if we can uh, rejog this uh, here. Uh, I think the audio just went out. You guys were all listening to it, so hold on. No, we're not off air. Let me try to try to keep this keep thing going. Um, nope. How weird is that? No, and then we there we go. Okay, build let's. The stadium and bring the ice to I think uh, let's go back to about there. Maybe. Okay, we're gonna go back about what three minutes. Let's start there. Um, so we're gonna rotate it back. I'm not sure what happened. That's a odd thing. Here we go like we have to do better or we have to work together. As Eddie said, the sheriff's actually had eight years to help on this issue and he has literally done nothing. Now what our administration has done is an all of the above approach. We opened our West Side shelter 24 seven. We have 300 families living there. Absolutely a hotel is better than the streets. So during the middle of a pandemic, yes, I put homeless people in hotels and that saved lives. And it also means that we've got to look at the system as a whole. We need more supportive housing and affordable housing. We built 500 units of that. We have another 500 coming. And we have to have the Gateway Center. I'm glad at least the sheriff and I agree on that. We need one place to take people to get them out. All right. Our next question comes from Shelly Rabando, and it is for all three candidates. Shelly. Downtown is an area of high crime and a large homeless population. Mayor Keller supports a bond issue allowing for a stadium for New Mexico United to be built downtown. Do you support this? And if the stadium is built, how do you think it'll impact crime and homelessness downtown? Mr. Adagone, you go first. Uh, we have four different sites that have been selected for us. None of them will ultimately be able to satisfy what is needed. And the impact, it's not going to be a positive overflow impact. 
These are things that happen temporarily. Uh, if you look at the schedule for the New Mexico United, you look at the 20-plus games that they have a year. What do we do with the additional 335 days of the year that's, that, that's there? Are we going to be renting that out? I am not in support of the uh, stadium, not for this $50 million bond that's going to be put on top of us. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever just to get in and out of downtown. It's next to impossible uh, from a traffic uh, standpoint. Uh, the economic spillover, uh, that in order to grow downtown, which uh, uh, Ms. Rabondo is actually your uh, uh, real question is how do you uh, control the CBD, the central business district? That central business district is actually moved to the North I-25 because there's no amenities there. There's no homes there. There's nobody that's living down there except for the homeless. In order to kind of revitalize, we got to attract jobs, grow the economy, and uh, we've got 30% office uh, vacancy that's down there. Sir, the city uh, building is filled. Certainly the county building is filled. But I got to tell you, I do not believe in the Albuquerque Rabbit Transit. I don't believe in uh, creating this bond for this. We have to have real economic development with people who want to invest, put skin in the games, and realize that we have the infrastructure to support them. And they want to come to Albuquerque to do business, not just 20 days a year for 20 games a year. Uh, this is nothing more than uh, welded corruption between Mayor Killer's administration. Mr. Radigone, and your 90 seconds are up. United. Thank you. Mayor, we know you support the stadium. How do you think it will change crime and homelessness? Well, I want to be clear that the, these issues are certainly indirectly related, but I want to step back and really just acknowledge what this is about. Like, this is just like when we wanted to bring the, the Dukes left, you know, and then we voted publicly to build a stadium and bring the isotopes in. And it's a city-run stadium. The team pays off the debt, uh, which they have at isotopes. And we have a great thing that everyone in Albuquerque, New Mexico loves. This is just about doing the same exact thing, uh, but with a soccer team. So the idea is we've got a stadium, uh, they're the main tenant, they'll pay it off, we'll use it for other things, just like we do Isotope Stadium. And uh, it's just a good long-term investment for our families. So we have things that we can grow up enjoying. And soccer is a great sport in that you know, folks like it from, from all demographics. And so for us, the location is really about, yes, I do think it'll lift up downtown. We have a situation where I can barely think of any successful downtown in America that does not have some sort of stadium. But this is also minor league soccer. So I think we got to look at things like El Paso, other towns that have minor league stadiums downtown. That's what this is about. And I think it'll be helpful with respect to bringing people down there, helping restaurants. And when you do that, whenever you make an active, vibrant downtown, it does help homelessness and it does help crime for sure. But the other thing is it just makes this a great place to live and a place that we're proud of and we like going downtown to games. And so that's really what this is about. And We've got $50 million, but the team... All right, Mr. Keller, your 90 seconds are up. Mr. Gonzalez, your reply, 90 seconds as well. No, at this time, it's a horrible idea. It's a political ploy for the for Tim to try to get reelected. We need to get our home in order first. People are complaining about crime, homelessness, uh, anti-business, anti-policing policies that the mayor has. The Albuquerque uh, downtown area is is dying. And if we have four more years of the mayor, uh, then Albuquerque is dead. So we need to get back to where where people understand that we have priorities in the city. And why we're running for office, all three candidates, is to address these issues. There have asked the questions earlier, and there's other ways to go about this. I've talked to other legislators, and they say there's matching funds at the state level. There might be a private uh, public relationship, a P3 opportunity there. But the 
the taxpayers, to include myself, are sick and tired of being taxed to a fault where right now a lot of people are reconsidering moving because it's just too much for them to shoulder. So I am against it. Okay, Bob Clark has our next question for all the candidates. Candidates, recreational marijuana stores will soon begin sales in the next few months. Do you believe the new industry ultimately will be a positive or negative for Albuquerque? Mr. Keller, you go first. Well, let me begin by just uh, clarifying a couple of things that I think were just blatantly misleading that we just heard. Look, the stadium project is going to create hundreds of new jobs. That, by definition, is economic impact, and that's a good thing. I also know the city of Albuquerque is mayor. You know, as a leader, you've got to do more than one thing at once. And we are investing in homelessness. We put $500 million in supportive housing. And so to say we can also put $50 million aside that will be paid back to us at the same time, that's just good management. That's just how you run a city, doing more than one thing at the same time. And I also want to mention that, you know, when it comes to this question around, you know, cannabis and things like that, uh, this is here no matter what, state law. And I think if done properly, it will help us. But that's why I do support making sure that we keep things local, that we make sure and support local companies who are doing this. But I was leading the charge to say we got to have adequate regulations. You know, we got to make this work like Durango and not like cities like Trinidad. I want to make sure we do not have these sort of green light districts. I want to make sure that our historic neighborhoods keep their historic character, but also that we support entrepreneurs. So I think when done right, it works well. And that's why it takes someone who knows the difference between just talking about a problem and someone who can actually work through and problem solve. And I think on all of these issues, whether it's the stadium, crime, or homelessness, that's what my administration and I have demonstrated over the last four years. And that's what we need going forward. All right, Mr. Gonzalez, you also have a minute and a half. Go ahead, please. I'd be interested if Mary Keller is going to put him at the Albuquerque Country Club because where he will put him is in these underserved, marginalized areas where people are underserved. And I believe that at this point, I, th- I thought the legislation was bad timing. Uh, also, they have to move forward and we'll have to, uh, we'll have to work through those issues as we move along. So I also wanted to follow up a little bit more about uh, the mayor being in office. When he took office to the point now, he's increased the budget by $181 million. And now he's asking for another uh, push for this stadium. But when we got in return was higher crime, the worst homeless uh, increase in the whole nation, and the worst economy. I think that's a bad return on our taxpaying dollars. Thank you. Mr. Aragon, your reply. Yeah, neither one of my uh, – boy, these are the guys that are leading the city, folks. Neither one has answered the question. And uh, Mayor Keller puts it, cannabis and things like that. Shame on you, Mayor Tim Keller. We're talking about the complete and total 180 on our culture and wanting to legalize it. And Sheriff Manny isn't much better calling it bad timing. So he's on board to go ahead and legalize marijuana. I'm going to answer your question directly, Bob, because this is something that's going to increase crime. It's going to increase a high level of homelessness. We know we let's go a little bit further uh, north to from Durango and Trinidad. And let's on, move on up the road to Denver. And let's see where Denver is trucking their homeless right here to Albuquerque. Go out, ask out on the streets. They've got a unbelievable homeless problem that they cannot manage. This could not be worse. And it's this crony capitalism that's coming from the likes of Darren White and his donations to Michelle Lujan Grisham to legalize it. And the very people on the left doing the very same thing uh, as well. I'm absolutely sick. I'm so glad that you brought this up. 
we have reversed our culture here and to say that this is okay to my six-year-old and my nine-year-old to tell them that it's okay to go ahead and smoke pot. It's okay to go ahead and have certain, I mean, we're stopping at stoplights now. We're at this particular point where we're seeing people just strike it up at, at, at a stoplight. Come on. We know that this is wrong. We know it's bad. And policing it, we can't even police our homeless. We can't even police anything else out there. What makes you think that we're going to go ahead and get back to law and order and be able to police the people okay, who Mr. are Okay, Mr. Adagone, your time Terrible. is up. Thank, Thank you. you. We are now to the portion of the debate where candidates ask one other candidate a question. Now, you can't take longer than 30 seconds to ask it, and we will be timing it. And the answer must be given in 90 seconds. Mr. Gonzalez, your question first. Yeah, my question is to Tim. You ran, our, you ran for office saying crime in the mayor is the mayor's responsibility, but you now blame rising crime on COVID and national trends. The crime has been up your entire term, and your first broke an annual homicide, broken ha- annual homicide record in, the, in 2019. That was long before COVID-19 and, of, and, and before any national trend. Isn't that? Okay, Mr. Gonzalez, your time is up for your question. Mr. Kelly, go ahead and reply. Well, uh, based on the sheriff reading that question, uh, I want to just highlight that it's not even factually correct. As you stated earlier in this broadcast, you know, auto theft is down. We cleared the rape kit backlog. Total crime numbers are down. And look, we have to tell the truth. The truth is that violent crime is up all over the country and here. And so I do take responsibility for doing something about that. And so that's why when I got together the leaders of the metro area for law enforcement, our DA, our AG, the, even the governor's office, even our legislators, city councils from both parties and county commissioners, we sat down and we created the Metro Crime Initiative, 40 ways to stop violent crime in the metro area. And there was only one law enforcement official who did not show up, and it was the sheriff, because he was actually said he was too busy campaigning. That, to me, is embarrassing. So I know we have challenges, but with me, you get an approach that will address them head on, and I'll come up with some answers, and that's what the Metro Crime Initiative is all about. It's about stopping the revolving door. It's about finding gun violence. And it's about specific ways in which we can support each other, including the courts, to keep those who belong behind bars behind bars. And I did that together as a leader in our community, and you were nowhere to be found for that. Mr. Aragon, you now have the opportunity to ask one of your opponents a question. Go ahead, please. Yeah, there was a lot of reading there on that question, so that's also very curious. But I wasn't aware that we were going to be able to ask anybody. And for both of my Democrat opponents... Manuel Gonzalez III and Tim Keller, I'd like to ask them both the very same question and leave the rest of of my time with a little bit of preamble. I mean, I'm not a Democrat. I'm a Republican. And these two guys in our worst time were beating each other up for five months before they got into court. Why were they not focused on the issues of this city at the most important critical time? Okay, your time is up, Mr. Adagon. Mr. Adagon, you have to select one of your opponents to answer that question. You cannot direct it to both. Which one would you like to answer? Tim Keller, please. Okay, Mr. Keller, go ahead. Well, when it comes to being mayor, you have to lead a city. And when you lead a city, it means that you have to be able to address multiple issues at the same time. I've got to be able to support our police chief with the resources that our police chief needs. I've got to be able to support our fire and EMTs with the resources they need. I've got to set goals, and I have to hold people accountable. And that's what you've seen. And so when it comes to actually looking at our police department and saying, okay, here's the new technology that you need for gunshot detection. When it comes to changing out the leadership because things weren't getting done, I brought in a new chief. That's what leadership is at the city. 
And it also means we've got to do things like actually address root causes when it comes to poverty and when it also comes to things like building up our economy. Those are the things that the mayor has to do day in and day out. And I know I've demonstrated loud and clear that I have worked incredibly hard at this job, in addition to holding us together during the pandemic. I've been battle tested. There has been no greater challenge our city has faced than the COVID-19 pandemic. And whether it was supporting dozens of businesses with tents or whether it was supporting hundreds of businesses with economic support so they wouldn't close or $300 million in infrastructure investments or keeping 10,000 kids whose parents had to work safe and in our community centers during the pandemic. That's leadership. And that's what I've been doing over the last two years. <clears throat> Teller, you now have an opportunity to ask a question of one of your challengers. Go ahead, please. Sure. My question is for Manny. And it's really about, you know, I think we saw early on in this campaign, you make a commitment to saying you're going to bring in people to run the city. But when it comes to your campaign and taking responsibility for what your campaign admitted in the Albuquerque Journal, that it was fraud and forgeries in your own campaign and the Inspector General's report saying, that they were forged by your personal assistance in your campaign spokesperson. What are you going to do to make sure that doesn't happen going forward? First, I want to be clear about my support of cameras before I answer this question, and we already have them. Also want to make sure that when I take office as mayor is that there's a checks and balances because, because the mayor's uh, corrupt city clerk, not holding him accountable, stating that he didn't do his job, and then going to the courts and say they violated my due process, which are my constitutional rights, which will be bringing a lawsuit against the mayor and his clerk for violating the law, is I will hold ourselves accountable, just like I hold the staff, just like I hold my people. But I, you can't hold me accountable, just like if somebody gets commits a crime, if, if they did something. But what I, I've always done is held myself accountable. I hold public office. I hold them to the highest standard. And I've never been accused, and I still haven't been found guilty of anything he said. They're all administrative orders, and we've moved on, and this is as petty as you can get. But it proves that the people support me and believe me because nobody's outraised anybody since we went to public finance. And that's what concerns the mayor. The only things he's concerned about is his politics. He never puts people first. Okay, our next question comes from the journal reporter Dan McKay. Dan? Candidates, some of New Mexico's largest employers are requiring their workers to get vaccinated against COVID-19. Do you support a vaccine mandate for City of Albuquerque employees? What steps, if any, would you take to boost vaccination rates among the municipal workforce? Mr. Gonzalez, you go first. No, I don't support uh, uh, mandatory vaccinations. What I do support is people's individual rights. Uh, we, I, we, as employers, need to provide them with the adequate PPE equipment, uh, personal uh, protection equipment, so they can uh, be safe. We need to inform them. Everybody needs to make that individual decision themselves. And if they choose not to be vaccinated, there needs to be other measures in place, like testing prior to going to, uh, to work, if that's a, one of the conditions to keep people safe. But no, I don't, and I do not approve of mandatory vaccinations at the local level. Mr. Keller, you also have a minute and a half. Go ahead, please. Well, after hearing a little bit of this discussion, I think it's important to say that as mayor, you gotta get used to being accountable for everything. Uh, whether it's raining outside or whether crime is high or whether the stop signs are in place. That's what Albuquerque, that's what Albuquerque expects of its mayor. And so for our sheriff to say that he's not accountable, 
I think shows that he's not ready to be mayor. Also, with five losses in five different legal venues, including the Supreme Court and a district court judge who literally said that our clerk was justified in uh, withholding funds because of fraud and forgeries in the sheriff's campaign. Uh, the definition of accountability and responsibility is owning up to that. You should just apologize and move on. And then to say somehow that your fundraising is the equivalent of justice is completely disturbing when it comes to how our electoral process works. I'm glad I'm publicly financed. I don't know anything to anyone. And that's why you know what you get with me. I'll tell you the truth straight up. And the trade up truth with vaccinations is I support them. I want everyone to get them. But I also know we have to be able to do that legally. And we've got to be able to work with our collective bargaining units, the contracts we have, and we're going to do everything we can. But I also am not going to make false promises. And so this is a tough issue. I just want everyone to get vaccinated and we'll push them as hard as we're allowed to legally. Mr. Ottagone, your reply 90 seconds, please. Uh, I am unvaxxed, and I believe in medical choice. Sheriff Manny is suddenly moving the goalposts for himself, taking credit and coming up with an idea as he is, he, if he's for choice. Of Bernalillo County and the city of Albuquerque, due to my uh, recent entry into the race, has now led both of them to no mandatory uh, vaccine. And that's important because that would have driven people out of both of those uh, agencies. Also, the mandatory vaccine, if it's a choice, if you feel like you need it, then go ahead and do it. The vaccinations, uh, sure, after full FDA approval, you may think that you have FDA approval, but that's a longer period of time. We've run this experiment long enough. And back to Sheriff Gonzalez, I did get thrown out of Cafe 6855 within eight minutes of a call that he did. So for him to go ahead and say that he doesn't believe in mandatory anything, his sheriff's office, uh, he has not made that happen there. We've run the experiment long enough. It's time to get people back to work. No capacity limits, no masks, no COVID vaccines, uh, no lockdowns or pulling health permits of businesses. He's in charge of an agency that's been doing exactly that, just like the city of Albuquerque. These are, uh, who, these are people who have been forced into a situation not of their own choosing, and people have medical choice, and they can choose for themselves. We now have Sandia National Labs, Los Alamos National Labs, with this uh, mandatory vaccination. Both of these guys are Democrats. Both of these guys are for mandatory vaccine, regardless of what they're telling you here today. We've seen it within their departments. and We've seen it within their city of Albuquerque. I am not for that. Okay, Mr. Ottagone, your time is up. We're going to stick with COVID so you have a little bit more time to amplify your response. If you like, Shelly, you have the next question. Eventually, federal COVID funds will be gone with no more money for all the programs to help families, businesses, and social programs. How do you plan to sustain the city's budget and protect the people of Albuquerque who need the most help? Mr. Aragon. So there's $35 million in CARES that went directly to the Albuquerque Fire Department. I found that money. I'm going to reallocate that money. Let's get people back to work. The mayor has said, well, go ahead and stay on unemployment and uh, this subsistence as long as you possibly can. And then come to us for a job where you get a signing bonus in the city of Albuquerque. How do we get people back to work? Well, we put them back to work and you lead by example by going back to work. People might make fun of me for this, that, or being at the office, or being in my home, or being in the radio station all the time. Let me tell you, I was helping the shut-ins. I was helping the people who were socially distanced. I was helping the people who had to stay in. Where were either one of these gentlemen during this entire time? This whole thing with COVID is nonsense, and it's most nonsense to the essential and non-essential, both of which these gentlemen made sure that they were going to go ahead and force. Our small businesses have been punished. They've been reduced somewhere between 40 to 52 percent. We're trying to bring them back here, but they've scattered to Arizona, Utah, Colorado, Oklahoma. We've got to attract and bring these people back in. And we've got to send a clear signal that we are not going to go ahead and allow any more of these lockdowns or shutdowns. 
I've been doing that. I've been fighting on behalf of not just the employees, but the employers who have been trying to keep things above water. We've got mandates for 99-plus employees. Both of these guys are going to go ahead and force them. I will fight back against the governor. She's gone through two Department of Health uh, and an epidemiologist and all that. We're going to challenge the science. We're going to not take the mandates that come directly uh, from the state of New Mexico, and we're going to work with our local businesses and our local providers and our okay, health care officials up. to make Thank sure you. that things are good. Mr. Thank Gonzalez, you. you go next. Yes, that, the money that was given through the CARES Act needs to go back to the people that it was intended to go to and, and not put into the general budget. So that money needed to go back to businesses so they can incentivize people going back to work, and so they would be have them adequately staffed. Right now, you're hearing complaints throughout the business community is that they can't employ anybody because they feel that they've um, become uh, dependent on some of the money that the mayor has handed out and is not requiring them to go back to work. So I understand that's a great benefit. But on the other hand, people need uh, we need an economy and we need people to do work for these small businesses. We need to be supportive of people that are actually. Uh, supporting and actually funding the gross receipts taxes it takes to have a budget. And so therefore I would make sure that all the money is dispersed into the, uh, to the back to the people and not just to a select few. Mr. Keller, your reply. Um, I think we've seen pretty clear how I handled the pandemic and you want to know what I was doing. I was making tough decisions to save lives and to save livelihoods. And I actually believe that even if you're not going to vote for me, folks, do believe that we did a great job during the pandemic under my leadership. And so this is, I think, a very good example of the difference between candidates. These two other candidates aren't even aware of how good our economy is doing. When we have announced 6,000 new jobs in the metro area. That's more than we announced in the last decade. And if you look at what happened during COVID, we had lower spread rates. We had lower positive case rates. Now we have higher vaccination rates. And the result is Albuquerque is a healthier place to live during a pandemic, and it's not going unnoticed. For the first time in years, people are moving here more than they're moving away. Our kids are staying here to go to school. And all of a sudden, we see actually a situation where there are jobs available and just not enough people to fill them. That's a good economic challenge to have, and it's because of the work that we put in, bringing in things like Netflix. NBC Universal, Amazon, Facebook, these, this is now the modern masthead of Albuquerque. We are coming out of the pandemic in a tremendously stronger place than we were going in economically. And we're doing better than all the cities around us. You compare us to Phoenix, Denver, Tucson, we have higher growth rates and we have safer health rates. And that is the future of Albuquerque. Okay, Bob Clark has the final question for each candidate. If you are elected mayor next month, a year from now, how will the city look under your leadership? Mr. Keller, you're first. A year from now, I believe the city's going to have a outstanding gateway center at the old Loveless Hospital. And what that's going to do is it's going to be a place where homeless and shelter can go to get things like job training, housing vouchers, sober up, detox, behavioral health treatment. So in a year, we're going to have less people on our streets. And we're going to have more people getting help. I also believe we're going to have an economy where all of the new jobs that we've announced ranging from NBC Universal to even local jobs like Bueno Foods. We're going to have a situation where folks have multiple choices to go to work at, and that's a good thing. I also believe that we're going to have more officers on the streets because I'm graduating another 50 in just a couple of weeks. And I also know we have another 70 in the pipeline to continue 100 new officers every year. I also believe our city is going to feel safer. 
because our new Albuquerque Public Safety Department is also going to be responding to down and out calls, mental health calls, freeing up officers to fight crime, but also getting people the help that they need at the right time through our 911 system. I also believe that we're going to have an even cleaner, more sustainable city because we're going to be 100% renewable by just 2026. That's awesome. We're going to be one of the leading cities in the country for that. And on top of that, I also believe we're going to be culturally vibrant. We own who we are in Albuquerque. I love this city. And I know I'm going to continue to promote it and make sure that we have a vibrant tourism industry and we stay true to ourselves going forward. Mr. Gonzalez, your reply. Here in my leadership, Albuquerque will be a much safer place to live, work, run a business, and raise a family. It will also be a much safer, uh, a much better place because City Hall will be depoliticized and we'll fleece ourselves of all the politicians that are currently running the city of Albuquerque into the ground. We'll give people at the city of Albuquerque the opportunity to be promoted within and build the infrastructure that Albuquerque needs for the future to provide adequate services for licensing, permitting for small businesses, and also provide Albuquerque Police Department with the support and leadership they need so they can get back in the streets and be proud and, and, and be appreciated by the people to protect them. No longer will you have to worry about uh, being accosted or attacked at intersections where this out of control homeless issue is being uh, enabled by the mayor and his policies. And will be no longer where it's a safe haven for criminals. We'll restore Albuquerque to be a livable and attractable city. And it will be at the top of the charts. And I want everybody to help me restore, help me and join me in restoring Albuquerque as a crown jewel for the Southwest. Thank you. Mr. Aragon, you have the final answer. Thank you. Uh, so back to the previous question, uh, when it comes to Manny Gonzalez, apparently he is uh, handing out rebate checks with the CARES Act money. We're going to give money back to the people. That's not what's going to happen with the city of Albuquerque. Uh, and we need that CARES Act money that's going to go directly and we're going to reallocate it to the general fund. And that's very important. So that's going to be done almost day one. Our police officers are going to be the very best paid. And uh, Mayor Keller, to your point about us having more growth than Phoenix or more growth than these other places, uh, everybody know that that's a, just a bold-faced lie. We have had, not, before COVID, 915,000 jobs. Now, after COVID, we have 864,000 jobs. My platform is really simple. Crime, reduce every category, no exceptions. We'll have lower crime one year from now. How much? Well, I'll talk about that when I close. Commerce, grow it. Stand behind small businesses. Remove the Albuquerque Rapid Transit. I'll be out there with my shovel or my sledgehammer if I have to. Uh, COVID, challenge it. Hire local epidemiologists. That's important. Uh, Dr. Alexander is a great example of that. Remove the corruption everywhere. There will be no stadium deal. That's not going to happen. And I'm going to run it like somebody who loves it. I'm going to be out and about. Within the crime department, that's the most important. Within the city of Albuquerque department, uh, it's not just going to be one auto theft. We have to build the departments that are non-existent with ABD. We'll have a commercial burglary. We'll have a residential burglary department. We'll have a gang unit that's fully staffed. In fact, our crime impact detectives will be a 100% staff, and that's really important. These promises... Manuel Gonzalez has had eight years. Tim Keller has had four years. We're not in a better situation. They were both standing on that. Mr. Adagone, your time is up. Thank you. Thank you. Now each candidate will have one minute for their closing statements, and we begin with Mr. Gonzalez. Go ahead, please. I've paid attention to the overwhelming outcries for help and service in the city of Albuquerque. The people are telling me their number one concern is crime, and they're sick and tired of it, and so am I. The next pressing issue is homelessness. 
These two issues are hindering the growth of our city. I have the experience, the fortitude, the relationships, and the willpower to help solve these problems. I want, if, if you want Albuquerque to have better results, vote for me. Again, my name is Manuel Gonzalez III. I'm asking you to join me in restoring Albuquerque as a crown jewel of the Southwest and vote for me on November 2nd. I'd like to thank the audience for taking the time to listen to this debate. I'd also like to thank KOAT, KKOB, and the Albuquerque Journal for hosting this debate. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Keller. Well, I think today has been a good example of lots of talk about the problems. It's easy to lay out a bunch of cliches and try and campaign based on things like reducing crime. The question is, how are we going to do that? And also, what leader is going to be able to get that done? And I believe we've got to keep moving forward. I have answers, a path going forward, whether it's the Gateway Center for Homelessness, whether it's our Community Safety Department to deal with the unsheltered and LPPD, whether it's investing in crime-fighting technology or stopping the revolving door or dealing with gun violence and increasing legislation up in Santa Fe to do that. Those are answers to our problems, and that's what you get with the second term for me. I also know that from the sheriff's standpoint, it's a glasshouse campaign. He has been around for all of this longer than I have. And so I think you know what you get with me. You get leadership that's going to make tough choices, that's going to tell it like it is, that's going to problem solve. Mr. Kelly, your time is up. Thank you. Mr. Aragon, your final statement, please. We need a mayor who runs Albuquerque like they love it. Too often politicians get into office for the power, the clout, the publicity of the big show. And it doesn't really matter what they do with their time in office. I want to be mayor, not because I like politics. I actually hate it. I'm doing it because I love the city and I want to see it succeed. As mayor, I'll post my campaign promises on the city's website and send regular updates to the media to make sure I'm held accountable. Here's a promise. If I fail, I won't run again. If homicides aren't halved by the end of my first term, I won't run again. If homelessness isn't 75% lower, I won't run again. I'll own it and I'll pass the reins to someone who can do a better job because that's all I want from City Hall. Leadership you can see when you walk down the street, not just leadership you read about in the papers. I'm not in this for politics. I'm not for power, prestige, or publicity. That's not what civic duty is about. It's about contributing to the city you love and living it better than you found it. As I said, when I first launched this campaign, I realized that the mayor's office can be a dead-end political job. That's perfect for me because I have no political ambitions. I just want to live in a better city. Fight for the 505. Let's put up our Dukes for the Duke City. Mr. Ottergon, thank you. Now, candidates, thank you for participating in our debate. You can vote now in this election. You can absentee vote by contacting your county clerk. Now, those ballots do have to be back by October 28th. Early voting begins October 16th and ends October 30th. Election day is November 2nd. Polls are open from 7 to 7. We are dedicated to providing you all the information you need so you're prepared to cast your ballot. On October 27th, KOAT presents Commitment 2021, Your Vote, Your Future. It's at 6.30 p.m. We'll see you there. All right. Pretty good stuff. 6.58 uh, here in the Kiva. Hopefully you guys all in, uh, enjoyed that. Uh, hopefully it was something that uh, <clears throat> that you guys... Um, you know what I have behind me. If you haven't watched that, it might be the first part, time that's actually gone through. Uh, okay, so that was fun. And I think we got ourselves a mayor's race, and that's what you need. Uh, just participating, getting involved with all this stuff is super cool. And I'm going to go out and have some pizza and hang out with the kids and do all that kind of good stuff. And I hope that uh, all of you guys uh, have a pleasant evening. Uh, stay tuned. Uh, ben Shapiro is next. 
And uh, we've got uh, also Dana Lash. And then uh, throughout the night, Coast to Coast AM, Clyde Lewis. Here's been doing pretty good. My friend Scott's been telling me about it, blowing up my phone, telling me how good things are um, with that uh, great program. So appreciate it very much. I'm humbled by your support. Uh, I become increasingly humbled by the day. I am uh, moved emotionally uh, by how much you like what I'm saying. And I'm feeling like I'm becoming more and more your servant and maybe less and less of of me and what I'm doing. I get to do more and more of what you have expected of me and the capacity of maybe being potentially a public servant for you. And that would be absolutely awesome. I'd love the opportunity to serve you beyond my own radio station. 550-5500 if you want to text anytime. See you tomorrow, bright and early 10 a.m.